Blog Talk Radio. President recognizes Mr. Adams of Massachusetts. Objects of the most stupendous magnitude. Measures which will affect the lives of millions, born and unborn, are now before us. We must expect a great expense of blood to obtain them. But we must always remember that a free constitution of civil government cannot be purchased at too dear a rate as there is nothing on this side of Jerusalem of greater importance to mankind. My worthy colleague from Pennsylvania spoken with great ingenuity and eloquence. He has given you a grim prognostication of our national future, but where he foresees apocalypse, I see hope. I see a new nation ready to take its place in the world. Not an empire, but a republic. And a republic of laws, not men. Gentlemen, we are in the very midst of revolution. The most complete, unexpected, and remarkable of any in the history of the world. How few of the human race have ever had an opportunity of choosing a system of government for themselves and the children. I am not without apprehensions, gentlemen. But the end we have in sight is more than worth all the means. I believe, sirs, that the hour has come. My judgment approves this measure, and my whole heart is in it. All that I have, all that I am, and all that I hope in this life, I am now ready to stake upon it. While I live, let me have a country. A free country. There was a lawyer once, his name was Francis Scott Key. He penned a song that I'm sure you're aware of, you've seen it, it's in most hymnals throughout our churches, it's called the National Anthem. It is our song as an American. We go, however, to a ball game, we stand in our church services and we sing the words of that song and they float over our minds and our lips and we don't even realize what we're singing. Most of us have memorized it as a child, but we've never really thought about what it means. Let me tell you a story. Francis Scott Key was a lawyer in Baltimore. The colonies were engaged in vicious conflict. 
with the mother country, Britain. Because of this conflict and the protractedness of it, they had accumulated prisoners on both sides. The American colonies had prisoners and the British had prisoners. And the American government initiated a move. They went to the British and they said, let us negotiate for the release of these prisoners. They said, we want to send a man out to discuss this with you. They were holding the American prisoners in boats about a thousand yards offshore. And they said, we want to send a man by the name of Francis Scott Key. He will come out and negotiate to see if we can make a mutual exchange. On the appointed day in a rowboat, he went out to this boat and he negotiated with the British officials. And they reached a conclusion that men could be exchanged on a one-for-one -one basis. Francis Scott Key, jubilant with the fact that he'd been successful, went down below in the boats and what he found was a cargo hold full of humanity, men. And he said, men, I've got news for you tonight, you're free. He said, tonight I have negotiated successfully your return to the colonies. He said, you'll be taken out of this boat, out of this filth, out of your chains. As he went back up on board to arrange for their passage to the shore, the admiral came and he said, we have a slight problem. He said, we will still honor our commitment to release these men, but it'll be merely academic after tonight. It won't matter. And Francis Scott Key said, what do you mean? He said, well, Mr. Key, he said, tonight we have laid an ultimatum upon the colonies. Your people will either capitulate and lay down the colors of that flag that you think so much of, or you see that fort right over there, Fort Henry? He said, we're going to remove it from the face of the earth. He said, how are you going to do that? He said, if you will, scan the horizon of the sea. And as he looked, he could see hundreds of little dots. And he said, that's the entire British war fleet. He said, all of the gunpowder, all of the armament is being called upon to demolish that fort. It will be here within striking distance in a matter of about two and a half hours. He said, the war is over. These men would be free anyway. He said, you can't shell that fort. He said, that's, that's a large fort. He said, it's full of women and children. He says, it's predominantly not a military fort. He said, don't worry about it. They said, we've left them a way out. And he said, what's that? He said, do you see that flag way up on the rampart? He said, we have told them that if they will lower that flag, the shelling will stop immediately. And we'll know that they've surrendered, and you'll now be under British rule. Francis Scott Key went down below and told the men what was about to happen. And they said, how many ships? He said, hundreds. The ships got closer. Francis Scott Key went back up on top and he said, men, I'll shout down to you what's going on as we watch. As twilight began to fall and as the haze hung over the ocean as it does at sunset, suddenly the British war fleet unleashed. He says the sound was deafening. There were so many guns that there were no reliefs. He said it was absolutely impossible to talk or hear. He said suddenly the sky, although dark, was suddenly lit. And he says from down below, all he could hear the men, the prisoners, saying was, Tell us where the flag is. What have they done with the flag? Is the flag still flying over the rampart? Tell us. One hour, 
two hours, three hours into the shelling. Every time the bomb would explode and it would be close to the flag, they could see the flag in the illuminated red glare of that bomb. And Francis Scott Key would report down to the men below, it's still up. It's not down. The admiral came and he said, your people are insane. He said, what's the matter with them? He said, don't they understand this is an impossible situation? Francis Scott Key said, he remembered what George Washington had said. He said, the thing that sets the American Christian apart from all other people in the world is he will die on his feet before he'll live on his knees. The Admiral said, we have now instructed all of the guns to focus on... Hey, but we fast forward to the year 2023, and the problem today is that the American Christian would rather die on his knees than live on his feet. So it's just the exact opposite. But So we got to remember our, our republic. That's remembering our republic today. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't anticipate too many people calling in, you know, even though they say they will, they won't, because they're too busy cooking hamburgers and drinking and having fun. But that's what it's all about, right? That's what the 4th of July is about. I mean... You know, today is the 4th of July, Independence Day, and, you know, we, we got to, uh, it's party time. The beer lines or beers being sold out left and right. Everybody's making their last run to the, to the store, you know, before they close. And, you know, right, that's what it's all about. Hey, 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 don't get mad at me. I mean, I'm just a messenger. I just report what I see, that's all. I mean, and that's what it's all about. I mean, Nobody's angry. I don't see any per- people protesting today. I don't see anybody uh, angry. I don't see anybody upset about their con. I guess everybody's happy, right? We're happy with the way things are. So, hey, bend over and uh, let's take some more. Why not, right? I mean, don't complain tomorrow. You know, what's the big deal? You know, and, and next week, next Tuesday's show, make, don't forget to bring your hamburgers. You know, oh, no, no need. No need to protest next week either. That's what it's all about. Then I say we gotta wake people up. Well, all we can do is keep replaying history. So I'll just line this one up for you then. You know, and that's it. Cause I really don't want to hear complaining tonight. I really don't want to talk about complaining because I'm sure nobody's got any solutions. So we'll just go with it right, right from there. Cause that's what it's all about. Passion governs, and she never governs wisely. The colonies are not to be emancipated. All men are needed victory or death. Thank <laughs> you. 
motives for revolution were mercenary and self-serving. The year 1776 saw those beginnings transform and crystallize into America's beautifully idealistic Declaration of Independence. But that year would also see the Americans plunged into a war of desperation, as Britain unleashed on her colonies the full measure of her military might. At the same time, American rebels were fighting British regulars at the Battle of Bunker Hill. The Continental Congress was in session here at Philadelphia's Independence Hall, formerly Pennsylvania State House. John Adams believed he had the key to enticing an equivocal Congress into supporting the army that had formed around Boston. And the key was a man. I concluded with a motion that Congress would adopt the army at Cambridge and appoint a general. I had no hesitation to declare that I had but one gentleman in mind for that important command. And that was a gentleman from Virginia, John Adams. The gentleman was George Washington, who had attended the convention wearing his scarlet and blue Virginia militia uniform, as if advertising his availability for military service. With one brilliant stroke, John Adams brought the Plantation Society's southern colonies to the active support of the industry-oriented northern colonies, and at the same time, provided the embryonic Continental Army with a strong, charismatic leader. He was the revolution. He was the army. He is the only American who's ever lived who, if he had chosen to, could have become king. There was a movement toward the end of the revolution to make him the king of the new country. Though I am truly sensible of the high honor done me in this appointment, yet I feel great distress from a consciousness that my abilities and military experience may not be equal to the extensive and important trust. However, as the Congress desire, I will enter upon the momentous duty and exert every power I possess in their service and for the support of the glorious cause. George Washington to the Continental Congress. He was a man who had presence. He just walked into a room and everyone stopped and looked at him. He was very tall for, the, for that day, about six feet three, but in that time that made him a giant. George Washington was one of the richest men in America. He owned thousands and thousands of acres in Virginia, which he had in part acquired when he married Martha Custis, who was the richest widow in Virginia at the time of their marriage. And he had inherited a very substantial estate from his brother Lawrence at Mount Vernon. And also he owned thousands of acres in the West, which he had acquired as bounties for his service in the French and Indian War. And it only proves, I think, that the American Revolution was unique in this respect. It wasn't in any sense an attempt to overturn the existing class structure. It was really a war fought to protect rights and privileges and property which Americans felt they possessed as freeborn Englishmen. At his Mount Vernon home, Washington presided over an estate that sheltered and utilized the labors of over 300 hired workers and slaves. He was a tough character. He, he, he wasn't this 
old man on a dollar bill that we think of now. He stood as straight as an Indian, you know, and men just worshipped him. He drank and he liked to gamble and play cards, and he could, when he got mad, he could cuss the paint off the walls. You have prepared me to entertain a favorable opinion of him, but I thought the one half was not told me. Dignity with ease and complacency, the gentleman and the soldier look agreeably blended in him. Modesty marks every line and feature in his face. Abigail Adams on meeting George Washington. Everyone said he was extraordinarily graceful, the best horseman of the day. He was powerful. He inherited his father's strength. He didn't speak a lot. He was very self-effacing for two reasons. One, that was just his personality. He was not a, a pushy person. The other is his teeth were very bad. Even as a young man, they were rotting out. And that always embarrassed him little, so he kept his mouth shut. You see the paintings of him with his lips clenched together. My dearest, I am now set down to write you on a subject that fills me with inexpressible concern. It has been determined in Congress that the whole army raised for the defense of the American cause shall be put under my care and that it is necessary for me to proceed immediately to Boston to take up command of it. George Washington to his wife, Martha. Two weeks after the Battle of Bunker Hill, Washington rode to Cambridge and officially took command of the Continental Army. He kept the British trapped in Boston and its harbor for months. While he watched his new army, largely composed of independent and undisciplined state militiamen, dwindle by desertions and enlistment expirations. Such a dearth of public spirit and want of virtue, such a dirty mercenary spirit pervades the whole that I should not at all be surprised at any disaster that may happen. Could I have foreseen what I have and am likely to experience, no consideration upon earth should have induced me to accept this command. George Washington, October 29, 1775. Nevertheless, enough old militia re-enlisted, and enough new militia appeared in the next months to hold the shoestring army together. Washington moved his forces onto the heights of the Dorchester Peninsula, where he could overlook the British, but he could not threaten them. He had no heavy artillery. You can't begin to imagine the first three years of the war, 1775, 76, 77, without thinking of the two great heroes, the two men who between them kept that war alive, George Washington and Benedict Arnold. Both were great warriors. Both were magnificent motivators of soldiers. Both had physical courage on the battlefield. Both did great things. Benedict Arnold is one of the great enigmas in American history. The reason his treason was so traumatic is because he was such a great hero. In May of 1775, Benedict Arnold, a successful Connecticut merchant whose name is now synonymous with traitor, had a plan that would supply the Patriots with the cannon and munitions they desperately needed. Far up the Hudson River, on the southern end of Lake Champlain lay a dilapidated, undermanned British fort from the French and Indian War. 
known as Ticonderoga. Arnold persuaded the Massachusetts Committee of Safety to allow him to take up to 400 men to Ticonderoga with the intent of capturing it and its scores of heavy cannon. On the way to do this, he discovered that Ethan Allen was going there on his own. So he went ahead, just himself and one person, and joined Ethan Allen. Ethan Allen was a frontier giant and vigilante who commanded the hills of Vermont with his Green Mountain Boys. Hartford, Connecticut citizens commissioned him and his cohorts as the perfect guerrilla force to take the fort. Arnold and Allen didn't get along at all. They fought. They, they didn't like each other personally. They disagreed over who was in charge. And it was confusing. To take Ticonderoga, as it turned out, was a piece of cake. The British defending it hadn't heard about the fighting in Lexington and Concord. So except for one guard, they were all asleep. By the time the alarm was spread, the Americans were inside the fort. They had, uh, at Bayonet Point, all the British, and they surrendered it. No loss at all. The fort was now in American hands, but the transport of the cannon to Boston would require the vision and perseverance of a 280-pound Boston bookseller, Henry Knox. Although he had gained his knowledge of weapons entirely from books, Washington was enough impressed with his mind to make him commander of artillery. I have made 42 exceeding strong sleds and have provided 80 yokes of oxen to draw them. I hope in 16 or 17 days' time to present Your Excellency a noble train of artillery. And we knock to Washington. In a legendary feat, the fat bookseller dragged more than 50 camps through wintry New England mountains to their destination in Boston. Now Washington had his big guns. Once Washington got his hands on these cannon from Fort Ticonderoga, he was ready to act. And in the dark of the night, he emplaced a substantial number of them on the Dorchester Peninsula. And the British awoke one morning, and they stared up, and here were these guns ready to fire right down their throats. The rebels have done more in one night than my whole army could do in months. General William Howe, upon viewing Dorchester Heights. In mid-March, 1776, less than two weeks after the guns of Ticonderoga appeared atop Dorchester Heights, the British set sail for Halifax, Nova Scotia, taking a thousand Boston loyalists with them. And the Americans then celebrated this as a stupendous victory, which it wasn't. It was a completely illusory victory. They didn't kill a single British soldier. They did get Boston back. But the whole British Army had gotten away to fight another day, and they did indeed come back and fight another day as a great, great, big British Army. Because 13 colonies became independent, there's a sort of sense of inevitability as though the modern United States was an actual unit. Actually, what really happened was the partition of British America. Um, the rebels expected that their future state would include not merely the 13 colonies, but also Canada, Newfoundland, Labrador, and the West Indies. With the allegiance of 13 colonies, the rebels decided in late 1775 
to try for a 14th, Canada, the frozen giant to the north. In September of 1775, General George Washington commissioned one of the heroes of Ticonderoga, Benedict Arnold, to travel to Canada through Maine with 1,100 troops and take the fortress city of Quebec. You are entrusted with the command of the utmost consequence to the liberties of America. Upon your conduct and courage, and that of the officers and soldiers detached on this expedition, not only the success of the present enterprise and your own honor, but the safety and welfare of the whole continent may depend. George Washington. Arnold would be part of a two-pronged attack. General Philip Schuyler and General Richard Montgomery would lead a force of 1,200 men from Fort Ticonderoga to Montreal, then push down the St. Lawrence to meet Arnold at Quebec. Though Montgomery's approach would prove to be difficult and dangerous, Arnold's march through the Maine wilderness would be epic. They sailed to the mouth of Maine's Kennebec River from a port near Boston. This was the true start of the 385-mile wilderness trek to Quebec. Arnold's march to Quebec is truly one of those great dramas of the Revolution. It, it has to go down in history as one of the great feats of leadership on one hand and the overcoming of tremendous obstacles and the, the willingness to accept great privation and pain, even starvation on the part of the people who went along with him. They pushed up the Kennebec in rough 200-pound bateaus, which had to be portaged around the river's many waterfalls. You would have taken the men for amphibious animals, and they were a great part of the time underwater. Benedict Arnold. Breaking trail for Arnold was Daniel Morgan, portrayed here as an old man. At the time of the trek, he was in fact a 39-year-old, tough, wily frontier giant who had lost all the teeth on one side of his mouth when an Indian bullet passed through his neck 17 years earlier. Morgan commanded three companies of riflemen for Arnold's expedition. By the end of October, the northern winter was upon them, and their supplies had run out. The voracious disposition many of us had now arrived at rendered almost anything admissible. In the company was a poor dog who became a prey for the sustenance of the assassinators. This poor animal was instantly devoured without leaving any vestige of the sacrifice. Nor did the shaving soap, lip salve, leather of their shoes, cartridge boxes, etc., share any better fate. Dr. Ike Center. Half of them or more didn't make it. They died along the way of disease or starvation or they gave up and went back. The others struggled on past the headwaters of the Kennebec toward Canada's Chaudière River. 
they'd wade through the mire to the foot of the next steep and gaze up at its summit, contemplating what they must suffer before they reach it. They attempted catching at every twig and shrub they can lay hold of. Their feet fly from them. They fall down to rise no more. Private George Morrison. But for Arnold's own personal leadership and his own endurance, uh, they may not have made it. As this entire group was about to freeze to to die of exposure, he and a few hand-picked men raced on ahead and got into the French settlements on the Canadian side, got food, and returned it to the men. I have been deceived by every account of our route, which is longer and has been attended by a thousand difficulties I never apprehended. But if crowned with success, I shall think it but trifling than a dishonest. Revitalized by the food, Arnold and his men marched on to the imposing cliffs of Point Levy, across the St. Lawrence River from the city of Quebec. was a, a river for St. Lawrence and two cities, Montreal and Quebec. The second prong of the American attack on Canada had captured the smaller, less important city of Montreal. Ironically, this feat may have prevented Arnold from taking Quebec, the key to Canada. The day before he would have launched his attack, with scarecrows, but still a stronger force than the British had. British troops escaping from Montreal, which had been captured, came into the citadel, and that made the garrison too strong for Arnold to take. That was the point at which the fate of modern Canada was settled. If the Americans had captured Quebec, it's most unlikely they would ever have been dislodged. Arnold bided his time. The second prong, now under Montgomery, reached Quebec three weeks later. The two commanders decided to wait for a blizzard and launch a sneak attack on the fortress city at night. They got their chance on New Year's Eve, 1775. Arnold would come from the north. Montgomery would approach from the south, around the precipice of Cape Diamond, where massive chunks of ice would cause his men to proceed in single file. Montgomery led the way. Men of New York, you will not fear to follow where your general leads. Come on, my brave boys. And Quebec is ours. General Richard Montgomery. A cannon firing small lead balls called grape shot ripped the darkness. Montgomery. Two of his captains, a sergeant and a private, were killed on the spot. Confused and discouraged, his troops retreated. Arnold and his force of 600 passed through the palace gate into the winding streets of Quebec's lower town. They were surrounded by British musket fire. Arnold was hit. A musket ball lodged in his left leg. The loss of blood rendered me very weak. As soon as the main body came up, I returned to the hospital. 
near a mile on foot, being obliged to draw one leg after me, and a great part of the way under the constant fire of the Benedict Arnold. The command of the American forces now fell to Daniel Morgan. Through daring and fierce fighting, he took hundreds of prisoners. But after three hours of fighting, Morgan was still unaware of Montgomery's death. Finally, without Montgomery's troops, Morgan was forced to surrender. The battle for Quebec was over. From a hospital bed on the outskirts of the walled city, a dogged Benedict Arnold lay with pistols loaded and sword at his side. I have no thought of leaving this proud town until I first enter it in triumph. I am in the way of my duty and know no fear. Benedict Arnold. We came that close, the Americans came that close, to making Canada the 14th colony. And if they had, it would have been Arnold Stewart. Upon his return to Philadelphia from England in May of 1775, Benjamin Franklin found the signs of war all about him. He devoted himself to the work of the Patriot cause. Benjamin Franklin was a very unlikely revolutionary. He was 70 years of age and 1776, an unusual age for a revolutionary. One doesn't usually think of men that old risking everything. He already had an international reputation, which none of the other revolutionaries had. And uh, everything to lose, and, and what could he have gained? But he throws himself into it uh, with the passion, his anger at the British government for humiliating him in 1774 led him to his patriot enthusiasm. At the same time, the rift between the old revolutionary and his loyalist son, William, continued to deepen. Franklin and his son, the governor, spent a whole night discussing the prospects of the revolution and emptying many bottles of Madeira in the process. It was Franklin's favorite drink. Franklin could not change his son's loyalty to England. The crown had given him respectability, and the son said that he would not espouse the revolution, that he was a servant of England, and thus he would remain. After this, the two men did not talk anymore until after the revolution. As governor of New Jersey, William Franklin became a loyalist leader. His revolutionary father became a member of a select five-man committee responsible for drafting one of the most significant documents ever written. The Declaration of Independence is, without doubt, the most important uh, document in, in the Revolution and perhaps uh, in American history because it sets forth the ideals uh, under which the, the United States lives. It, it's the one thing that holds us together, the, the belief in that all men are created equal. Now, of course, all persons are created equal, and that all of us have certain inalienable rights. Those ideals, those aspirations, 
I mean, he said that hold us as a diverse people. Many of the rebel leaders were reluctant to declare independence. In July of 1775, the American Congress even sent a conciliatory proposal directly to George III. John Adams dubbed it the Olive Branch Petition, but the English king refused to receive it and instead sent to America a belligerent proclamation. Whereas many of our subjects in diverse parts of our colonies and plantations in North America, misled by dangerous and ill-designing men, and forgetting the allegiance which they owe to the power that has protected and supported them, have at length proceeded to open and avow rebellion. We do accordingly strictly charge and command our officers and all others, our obedient and loyal subjects, to use their utmost endeavors to withstand and suppress such rebellion. George III, August 1775. The king was convinced, as most of his subjects were, that it was essential to retain control of the American colonies and he proceeded to the bitter end to believe that and bitterly opposed even the making of peace at the end. Indeed, there's the domino theory. If you let America go, everything else will fall. Canada will fall, the West Indian colonies will fall, and so on. Thomas Paine was an Englishman who had come to America through the sponsorship of Benjamin Franklin. Early in 1776, he wrote an enormously successful piece of propaganda called Common Sense, the first major public call for independence. In months, the 47-page pamphlet had sold 100,000 copies. O oh, ye that love mankind, ye that oppose not only the tyranny, but the tyrant, stand forth. Every spot on the world is overrun with oppression. Freedom has been hunted round the globe. Oh, receive the fugitive and prepare and sign an asylum for mankind. Thomas Paine, 1776. Forward-thinking Abigail Adams saw in the climate of change a rare opportunity for her own sex. I long to hear that you have declared an independency. And by the way, in the new code of laws, which I suppose it will be necessary for you to make, I desire you would remember the ladies and be more generous and favorable to them than your ancestors. Do not put such unlimited power into the hands of the husband. Remember, all men would be tyrants if they could be. If particular care and attention is not paid to the ladies, we are determined to foment a rebellion and will not hold ourselves bound by any laws in which we have no voice. Abigail Adams, letter to John Adams, March 31st, 1776. Finally, the Congress created a committee to put America's demands for independence into writing. A 33-year-old Virginian, Thomas Jefferson, accepted the task of authorship. In Williamsburg, weeks before his new assignment, Jefferson had written the preamble to Virginia's Constitution. He would use it to guide him in his current task. 
He rented the upstairs flat of this house in Philadelphia to do his work. And in the parlor, at a small desk, he wrote the Declaration of Independence. It was intended to be an expression of the American mind and to give to that expression the proper tone and spirit called for by the occasion. Thomas Jefferson. Jefferson believed Franklin should have written the Declaration, but the world-wise old diplomat shied away from such things. I have made it a rule, whatever in my power, to avoid becoming the draftsman of papers to be reviewed by a public body. Benjamin Franklin. Instead, Franklin tinkered with Jefferson's text. We hold these truths to be sacred and undeniable became we hold these truths to be self-evident. The greatest tinkering, though, came from the Congress itself, in session at the Philadelphia State House. Jefferson's original draft contained a passionate condemnation of the slave trade. Jefferson was a slaveholder who hated slavery. He wanted to abolish it. He moved at various times in the state legislature of Virginia and the Continental Congress to try to make inroads against this institution. But of course, he himself was always a slaveholder and was never able to free more than a half dozen or so of his own slaves, which numbered at one point around 200. So that inconsistency uh, nodded him throughout his whole life. Jefferson's declaration was approved on July 4, 1776, only after the condemnation of the slave trade was deleted. How is it that we hear the loudest yelps for liberty among the drivers of Negroes? Samuel Johnson, English writer. For Benjamin Franklin, the day of independence was bitter with personal loss. On July 4, 1776, troops came in and led William Franklin away from his governor's mansion and took him to jail to Litchfield, Connecticut, where he stayed for about two years. Franklin did absolutely nothing to help his son. He did not interfere. He did not say a word. He let it happen. Although he believed the Declaration would be adopted two days earlier, John Adams was uncannily prophetic about its reception. The second day of July, 1776, will be the most memorable epoch in the history of America. I am apt to believe that it will be celebrated by succeeding generations as the great anniversary festival. It will be commemorated as the day of deliverance by solemn acts of devotion to God Almighty. It ought to be solemnized with pomp and parade, with shows, games, sports, guns, bells, bonfires, and illumination from one end of the continent to the other, from this time forward, forevermore. John Adams. Even if the Congress didn't seem to remember the ladies, 
Abigail Adams was swept up in the euphoria of a new beginning. The bells rang, the cannon were discharged, and every face appeared joyful. After dinner, the king's arms were taken down from the state house, and every vestige of him from every place, and burned. Thus ends royal authority in this state, and all the people shall say, Amen. Abigail Adams on a reading of the Declaration of the State House in Boston. On July 9th, Washington had the Declaration read to his troops. He and his men now had an actual League of States to defend. Also on July 9th, in New York, the Sons of Liberty toppled the lead statue of George III. They melted it down and cast 42,000 Patriot bullets. I am well aware of the toil and blood and treasure that it will cost us to maintain this declaration and support and defend these states. Yet through all the gloom, I can see the rays of ravishing light and glory. I can see that the end is more than worth all the means and that posterity will triumph in that day's transaction. John Adams. After Washington and his cobbled-together army chased the British from Boston out of the 13 colonies to Halifax, Nova Scotia, Congress was elated. The self-appointed legislators saw the British as easily defeated foes. They were wrong. The British were not kidding around anymore. They were raising men. They were raising millions of dollars. They were floating uh, ships out of dry docks where they'd been sitting since the Seven Years' War, and uh, they were getting ready for an immense effort. And they did indeed put together the largest British army they had ever sent overseas in the history of the country. William Howe's 9,000 men from Halifax would meet with his brother, Admiral Richard Howe's 23,000 troops from England in the harbor of one of the largest cities in America, New York. New York of, of 1776 was a, a city of 25,000 people. The city itself uh, was a very busy seaport and uh, a very prosperous city. It was almost all on the lower end of Manhattan Island. New York was really the key to the continent. It had this magnificent harbor. It was ice-free almost the whole uh, winter. Anybody who had New York was in a very good position to win the war, and the British could see that. So could Washington. Anticipating Howe's move, Washington marched the Boston Army to New York to join forces already there. By mid-year, he stood ready to meet any British advance with 23,000 men, almost two-thirds of them untrained state militia. The battles around New York really were a series of uh, disasters for the Americans. It was just one defeat after another, retreat after another. And, of course, the militia proved to be totally undependable, and not only they wouldn't fight, but they went home in droves by the thousands. 
these guys just uh, didn't feel the slightest uh, need to stay. Nobody was going to shoot them or, uh, you know, court martial them or anything. They just picked up their guns and went home. When we see Washington in New York, we see him reaping the bitter fruits of the lies that the Americans told about Lexington and Concord. The idea that the simple farmers could leap from their fields and defeat these British regulars had more or less blocked Washington's proposal to the Continental Congress that he raise an army of 40,000 men for the duration of the war. No, 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 the Continental Congress said to Washington. You can't have a big regular army. All you need is a relatively small regular army, and they can only serve for one year, because that's all a virtuous American can be expected to sign away his liberty for. Among those short-term recruits was lanky 15-year-old Joseph Plum Martin from Milford, Connecticut. But his six-month enlistment would turn into six years and he would see action in many of the major battles of the war. I have here an 1830 first printing of Joseph Plum Martin's book, which he called A Narrative of Some of the Adventures dangers and sufferings of a revolutionary soldier written by himself. Martin, when he wrote the book, was a 70-year-old veteran of the whole of the revolution. He is incredibly accurate. He's given us the only complete autobiography of a continental soldier. Martin first snuffed a little gunpowder, as he phrased it, at the Battle of Long Island, when the British finally attacked and routed the Americans at Brooklyn Heights. We soon landed at Brooklyn, upon the island. We now began to meet the wounded men, some with broken arms, some with broken legs, some with broken heads. Joseph Plum Martin. With Joseph Plum Martin's first battle also came his first taste of defeat. Multitudes were drowned and suffocated in morasses. A proper punishment for all rebels. The island is ours, and we shall soon take New York, for the rebels dare not look us in the face. I expect the affair will be over this campaign, and we shall all return covered with American laurels, and have the cream of American lands allotted us for our services. British officer after the Battle of Long Island. Unwisely, Washington had divided his army between Long Island and the island of Manhattan. With the British fleet in control of the harbor, nearly 10,000 of his troops now found themselves trapped on Long Island. The revolution survived when they made their escape thanks to the seafaring skill of John Glover and his marble headers. Washington got them all down in boats run by a group of his soldiers who were from Marblehead, Massachusetts, who understood water and sea and shipping, and under cover of darkness, got his entire army from Brooklyn 
back across to Manhattan when the British woke up the next morning, they looked out and the American lines were empty. That was the loss of the first and greatest opportunity to destroy Washington and his army. Overpowered on the land and on the water, the Americans tried a secret weapon, David Bushnell's turtle, the world's first submarine. It could submerge for a half hour, and Benjamin Franklin gave Bushnell the idea to illuminate the dials down in the darkness under the water with foxfire. So the guy had a compass down there, and he had a general idea of where he was going. With a detachable time bomb at the tip of the submarine, Bushnell's pilot set out to destroy the British fleet. However, the attack was a complete failure, and the second attempt was never made. For two weeks, Howe refused to move on the Americans on Manhattan Island. Instead, he conducted peace talks at this home on Staten Island with Continental Congress representatives Benjamin Franklin and John Adams. During the peace conference, Franklin and John Adams shared a room. And it turned out that Franklin, who was a great fan of fresh air, wanted the window open and Adams wanted the window closed. And they debated this for a long time. And Adams said that while Franklin was explaining to him the virtues of fresh air, he fell asleep. On Staten Island, Adams and Franklin were no better making peace with the British than they were making peace with each other. The talks broke down, and Howe moved again against Washington's army. This time, his troops came ashore at Kipps Bay on Manhattan. The Connecticut militia saw this, this armada of ships coming towards them, and as they got out of the boats with their bayonets ready, they just took off. They ran right by Washington, 42nd Street, and he just, he couldn't believe his eyes. And he threw his hat on the ground, and he said, are these the men I'm supposed to defend America with? Routed at Tips Bay, Washington's army made their next stand in the naturally defensive terrain of Harlem Heights on northern Manhattan Island. When the British sighted the Americans, they sounded the call used by successful fox hunters. This humiliation may have prompted the Americans into their most successful engagement in New York, a draw. Such is my situation that if I were to wish the bitterest curse to an enemy on this side of the grave, I should put him in my stead with my feelings. George Washington. Howe finally chased Washington north out of New York City and up to the village of White Plains. Here at the end of October, Washington would meet the British again. But the real damage would take place at Forts Washington and Lee, twin encampments on the Hudson designed to keep the British from sailing up the broad, vital river. While he's up in White Plains, Howe draws almost all his army back to Fort Washington, and he executes this absolute masterpiece of an assault on Fort Washington. They bombarded us from all sides, and they just, in a half hour, they utterly and totally demolished the American defenses 
and the whole 3,000 men and all these precious cannons, over 100 cannons, surrendered. Four days later, General Charles Cornwallis, with 4,000 men in flatboats, attacked Fort Lee, high up on the Hudson Palisades. The Americans escaped this time, but the fort and all of its stores fell into British hands. No man, I believe, ever had a greater choice of difficulties and less means to extricate himself from them. George Washington. By the end of 1776, New York, its harbor, and the vital Hudson River belonged to the British. With Washington's army shriveled to a few thousand men, American hopes were never fainter. In December, common sense author Thomas Paine wrote another brilliant piece of propaganda entitled The American Crisis. These are the times to try and themselves. The summer patriot will, in this crisis, shrink from the service of this country. But he that stands it now deserves the thanks of man and woman. Tyranny, like hell, is not easily conquered. Yet we have this consolation with us, that the harder the conflict, the more glorious the War in the 18th century has an almost leisurely feel by today's standards. The fighting stopped entirely for winters in cold climates. So on December 14th, General William Howe called for an end to his 1776 campaign and prepared for an enjoyable winter in captured New York City, just a hundred miles from the rebel capital here in Philadelphia. In striking contrast, a desperate George Washington took his threadbare army into the rugged New Jersey and Pennsylvania countryside to wait and to survive. All right, here we have it. Oh, that's much better than listening to about Joe Biden's laptop or some other crap, you know. But that's what, you know, it's just all nonsense today. You know, I don't want to hear about kids getting trafficked. I mean, it's all nonsense because they nobody going to do nothing. These are men that acted, even the women, for God's sake. You know, today, ain't nobody doing nothing. Nobody gonna do nothing. Hey, right now, if General Washington was here today, if he could just travel, if he if he just if he just transport him, if we had time travel, just transport him from that battlefield all the way up to, and uh, he he'd go back and he'd be like, guys, see you later. He'd probably sell his farm, all his land, and get the hell out of there and go to England. If he saw what turned out what turned out today. Got people out there today, you know, I'm thinking when they said that his teeth were rotten or whatever. Yep, uh, yeah, he had wooden teeth. Yep, yep. He was a Freemason. Yep, he was a Freemason. All the founders were Freemasons. Yep. <laughs> well, they worked. You know, yeah, they were rich. They, uh, Washington was a rich man. Imagine that, a guy, imagine that. That's such an opposite of today. A rich billionaire signing up to fight on the front lines compared to today where rich people don't fight. They hide behind their castles, you know? 
back then, rich people fought. You know, I mean, come on. Such a complete opposite of the way today today is compared to uh, yesterday. And uh, don't forget, during this time, they had to deal with the Indians too. You know, when you went to the went through the woods uh, during this time, when you were trekking through wilderness and whatnot, you'd run into those savages, the Indians. They would scalp you. They'd attack you. There wasn't no peace and kindness, and you guys traded traded uh, traded um, uh, feathers feathers and everything for uh, traded feathers for uh, food and whatnot. So it would just. I, I mean, I just don't understand where people get their history from. I just don't understand what the. I just. I mean, it's just a, lay this on the reality today. I guess maybe it's the colleges and the, the professors out there that that are quoted and that so many people uh, real uh, uh, thrive as to being heroes. I guess and and when they go to college, they look up to them, you know, and they give them this wrong narrative of what history, what really happened in history. And they give their own narrative, and they teach what they what. Because when you're a teacher, you have a responsibility. You're molding the minds of children. So I guess the you know we have then you know it's open for corruption. So I guess these teachers they teach people they they it, it's molded onto them, and they, they they go through the rest of their lives believing a lie, and then they pass that down to their children, and it spreads like a disease. That's why truth is so very important to speak the truth at all times. George Washington said that, you know, you must uh, speak the truth, say the truth, search for the truth, otherwise you'll fall for anything. You know, and if you don't, always try to stand up for the truth. That's like last night I was on a podcast show, and they were talking about praying to God and everything, and, and, and the guy was a professor or whatnot, or he had degrees in theology, and, 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 and he's talking about the different versions of the Bible. And no, listen, there's it, it, not your right and I'm right. There's only one right. There's only one truth. Now, you know, and if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but I'm just saying that. I'll admit it, but show me the truth. I want to know the truth. It's not, well, let's just all get along. Let's agree to disagree. I can't stand it when people say that. I can't stand that. Let's agree to disagree. No. There's only one way that's the right way. That's it. There's only one truth, not a bunch of lies that and, and put it all together and we get the truth. No. No. Uh, anybody want to talk here tonight? Uh, want to chip in here? Then you can uh, press one. Anybody wants to talk and uh, voice their opinion? You're unscreened, uncensored. Six five seven three three zero six one six. Press one, and uh, uh, I'll get a little thing here that puts you on. I'm on mute your uh, phone. You can only call in through using the phone. Those of you, those of you that are trying to get through that are listening via the internet, unless you log into the chat room. So uh, let's see. Seven zero four. code seven zero four. Go ahead. We'll see. I'm on mute you. Go ahead. What's on your mind? Hey man, how are you? Uh, my name's Clinton, uh, and, I, and I'll give you a little bit of my credentials. Uh, I'm a member of the Sons of the Revolution Convention of States. Uh, I also, uh, you know, a part of Mike's, you know, deal here in North Carolina is where I'm at. And the reason I gave you them is uh, I've been meaning, I've been listening to all your podcasts all week, and I, I got you always talking about everybody come to you and tell them maybe. I might have a solution that helps we the people. I don't even know if it's possible. Yeah. That's why I wanted to talk. Yeah, man. So I like it already. What you're saying? <laughs> uh, technology that we live in nowadays gives we the people more power. And I know we have to keep the Senate in the House, but is there anything stopping us to vote when they vote on things they vote with? Say if we uh, if you know, since we have telephones, we can vote the same time they vote. Is there any way stopping that, or 
Is that, I mean, I know well, we can't get uh, rid of uh, what, what, what do you mean, like holding our own elections? You mean holding our own private well, elections? You no, know, the Senate and the House vote on everything. We we now we have technology that we people could vote with them at the same time. On the oh, same thing. Okay, okay, I see what you're saying. Okay, I see what you're saying. I don't think we can interfere with their electronic voting. Uh, uh, I don't think there's a way. To, but that's an interesting idea, though, that you're bringing forward there. I, I don't think we could do it right now, but that's something that we could implement. I would imagine that would be actually. That's I never even thought of that. Actually, that's a pretty darn good idea. But when they vote, have the people's vote at the same time to see how it coincides with the representatives from that area. You know, right? And and you know, I and, like that. And they bring more in touch with what they're voting on, and we and we take some of the power back from the government, and and we the people have a little bit more power. You know. Yeah, so, yeah, I like okay, that. It's, it's, I, I know it's, I know it's not an idea. I know it's not an idea that's fully the way you're saying it and whatnot. I know you got more ways of saying it, but and and we're, and then but that's listening. Don't take it at face value, but it's an idea that we can be grown upon and expanded upon and, and tinkered with. I think it's a good idea. You know. Thank you. Thank I like you. it. I like and it. I like it. Yeah, that's pretty good. good. First time. <laughs> oh, I've been on the show before. Oh, you have you I've called in here show. to the show before? Yeah, I was. Uh, I, was I called maybe two or three weeks ago uh, when we uh, we had a fellow on here, and he was uh, talk. We were all talking race. Uh, oh, okay, you know, okay, I, okay. I think I remember now. Yeah, I got. Yeah, but that's good. Though. I like it when people listen and they just listen. And I always say that because I got a lot of people that download the show and they listen from when they drive to work in the morning. You know, and and I now, like that, and because I'll get emails, I'll get emails from people like, I can't believe you said that last night. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and I, I like I listened uh, to a, one of your shows, knowing that you're going to uh, run again. And I was like, man, that's what's up. Oh yeah, that's what we need. That's what we need. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to be, I'm it. definitely running again, and down here in North Carolina, and I, I just can't file. I can't file until they allow uh, when, until they allow the filings for that time, but I can announce my candidacy. So yeah, I'm gonna. And the filing period for North Carolina House of Representatives is, I believe, it starts in November this coming November, and then uh, then they have the primaries, of course. If there's anybody, you know, like say the Republican Party, if they got uh, four or five people that want the, the House job, then they have to have a runoff, a primary, you know, and then they, and then you have the general election in November. So. As of right now, I so can't. Only, I don't know if anyone's going to be running against me. Your district can vote on you, right? Only your district oh, yeah, can vote yeah. for you. Yeah, right. yeah. Only only my district right now can uh, vote if I'm running for North Carolina House of Representatives. Now that's only because my district. But if I was like running for a lieutenant governor or some or or, right. or a, a United States congressman, then that's different, you know. But I got to start off small. I don't want to start off something big. And uh, I, you know, I tinkered with the idea of lieutenant governor. Because you know that's 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 the stepping stone, but you have to travel 100 counties, and you know as well as I do, partner, that you got to have a lot of money to to you know it's it's about a million dollars to run a successful campaign at any type of uh, statewide election because you have to travel around the state, and gas ain't cheap, and and buying advertising is isn't cheap, and and I'm not good at fundraising right now. I'm not not I don't like asking well, people for you know, money, the, you know. The the whole reason you did this so like-minded people like us could come together. And eventually, mm-hmm. there's going to be true. enough of us where we, we can support each other in, in, in adventures like that. You know, that's what we're going to have yeah. to do to, to get uh, America back. I mean, it's the only way. Yeah. That and convention states. But I don't, uh, you know, I'm part of that. It, you know, you got to have 38 states. 
That's 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 hard to get thirty eight states to agree on anything. Yes, it is. It is. It's very difficult. And uh, the counties, for instance, in North Carolina, you say you're from North Carolina. In North Carolina, we have one hundred counties in this state. So one hundred yeah. counties. Imagine one hundred counties trying to get all the counties together to to have a referendum to vote on what's 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 uh, you know uh, right for our state here in North Carolina. But I'll tell you what, here in North Carolina. What I'd like to see, if someone gave me another idea, you probably heard it, is I'd like to see all the uh, – we have to take care of our elderly and our veterans and our disabled. And I believe getting rid of these uh, these uh, home care systems that milk, they just bleed the, uh, the, health, the health insurance companies. They bleed insurance companies, and they bleed the, uh, the, the families out there of North Carolina. Like if your mom or your dad gets sick or if they get older and nobody can take care of them, they, have, they put them in a convalescent home, and these convalescent homes just – Bleed the families just terribly, or it bleeds the state resources. And there has to be a better idea and a better way to treat our elderly. Yeah, they don't deserve that because they have worked hard their whole life, paving the way so we can do what we do. Yeah, uh, and they get no respect. Uh, they get none, and people uh, treat old people with no respect. And they they don't even understand the knowledge that people have and what they've seen. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, I the knowledge. You, you said it's key so right there. The knowledge, the history, the history of what they have and the mistakes they've seen uh, uh, them themselves made, they can pass along down to us so so we don't make the same mistakes. You're absolutely right. You know, and, and that's it's, we should treat our elderly and our veterans and our disabled with a lot more respect than what we treat them well, uh, with today. Definitely. Every single American war from the Revolution, I had three family members, every war. And uh, Wow. And I, I, that's what makes me and, – and I know what it means to be American, and I try to tell other people, what, you know, it ain't what they tell y'all. It's not what you hear. It's not what you're taught in school. But if you look and do your own research, you can find out what American is uh, and, yeah. you know, what it really means to be an American. We're different. Yeah. We're built different. We're supposed to, yep. you know, die on our – we're not supposed to be on our knees. We're, you know, we're not built like that. We're different than any other but the system has formulated yeah, but the system has molded us to think that way. Is that the government is our daddy and we gotta obey listen, I respect the government, I respect the rule of law, I respect look, uh the uh, police out there. I just don't you know. Tell me one thing we need the federal government for. We don't need them. We don't need them for nothing. Really, honestly. No, we don't. Now we need states. There's nothing the federal does for me that I need them for. That my state can't do for me. That's right. I, I don't, That's you know, right. Uh, we don't really need them. Uh, and people are they do think that that the federal government we work for them, but it's really the other way around. Well, that's right. That's and right. They're, they're our employees. And this situation you know, we're in is correct. all of our fault. You know, it's all of our fault because we either kept a mouth shut or we weren't paying attention. And now people's eyes are opening. Uh, and you know the reason I gave you all the things I'm involved in, I got involved with these things in the past three to four years because my eyes got open right when we got locked down. And it just made yeah. me – I just started doing research, and I started finding out, and I've been trying to find a way for we, the people, to get our our country back. You know, yeah, cause and you, you saw the Tea Party like, movement. You saw that the Tea Party nation, that fell apart. You know, and I, I right. remember going to meetings. You know, I remember going to meetings in Greensboro at the Wrightsville building. I remember going down to Chapel Hill, going to the Restore America Plan meetings, and and they just didn't. Ha- they had a good movement going, and it fell apart. 
and before that, the movements uh, that were people were waking up. You have the uh, the nine eleven people that woke up during nine eleven area era. You know, right. you, and I come from the generation of nineteen ninety one and nineteen ninety two. The Weave, when Randy Weaver's house was uh, the Weaver family when the, uh, uh, the, his wife was murdered. I woke up during that time. When uh, and then Waco happened, and uh, whether you and agree with uh, the Branch Davidian or not, but it's, it's I woke up during that time. I just remember watching it on TV unfold and watching the tyranny that uh, uh, unfolded right before my very eyes, and that's when I woke up basically and yep. started studying this new world yeah. order and started studying the system and the government and how corrupt it really was. My dad was in Vietnam, and he taught me my whole life. Thing they've ever said, I just. just just never paid attention when I was younger. I just, you know, knew that I wanted to stay away from the government. And uh, yeah. like I had a time machine. I'd go back because I'd be involved with politics from day one. Because I, it's hard for anybody that goes in there to do the right thing because either they blackmail you or they money money takes over. It's just you can't – one person can't go in there and change anything. No, it's no, no. Way. Only way it's gonna happen is we the people get the power back, and I'm trying to find yeah, a way for right. us to do. Well, then yeah, you're doing more. You're doing more than most other people. And if your head is always turning to come up with ideas like the idea you just suggested, that's good, and that's what we need out there. And that's what we're doing here on this podcast with other podcast shows. Also, the blog. I don't know if you heard, but you know we're trying to get other podcasters and blog talk show hosts together, which we have. We've already started a coalition about a dozen of us already that are supposed to be supporting each other and uh, coming up with a common goal to, uh, you know, not just one issue, but attacking one issue at first to see if we can make a difference to overturn it or let them know that we're putting them on notice, you know? Well, you know, people got to remember that it took just after Ronald Reagan for the deep state to get where they're at now. It took all them years to put their pieces in place, and that's what we got to start doing. Yeah, we got to and and work our way up. Yeah, that's the only way. And we will, we will, we will. We will. Uh, you know, and like and like I said, I'll be running again here in my district, and that's just the start. And hopefully, I can get other legislators I can work with. We get a new governor in there, uh, 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 Mark Robinson. I don't know how you feel about him, but you know, or or somebody up. Yeah. So I'm trying to get them on board. With the, the idea of, look, if you're not out there preaching, restore the Constitution, restore our republic, and uh, give it, you know, restoring liberty and freedom to uh, our, our our state, then you're not, then, you know, really you're just wasting our time because we don't want the same old thing again. You know, we don't want to, yeah, the state legislators in North Carolina have done a good job uh, with, their, with what they've done thus far this session, but nobody's talking about liberty. Nobody's talking about freedom. It's still the same thing. We're under the control and the long arm of the government, and we don't, and we don't need well, that. We like need to be able to have freedom. They have no clue that they're not free, and they think they yeah. are. And that's why they, they, when they hear us talk, they're like these conspiracy, you know, serious, crazy people, you know, because they don't realize they can't see it. And one day they will. But, and I hope it ain't too late when they do, but we're none of yeah. them free. That's right. We're not. No, we're not. We're, 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 <laughs> the chains of tyranny the are here. Trust me. Go out there and try to do certain things, and you'll see the chains of tyranny uh, wrap around you so very fast. 
I mean, you know, that the licensing boards, the certification that you have to do something, to opening up a business license to have a business, it's all nonsense. You can't even have a lemonade stand without freaking being shut down today. So it's ridiculous. You know, it's got to stop. Tell you to change a rain barrel to catch a rain. You know, I, I, yeah, I yeah. definitely know. I, in the past three years, I've been, I, I think right now I'm on like my 35th TikTok account. And, uh, you know, Facebook wow. won't let me on there. You know, because wow. they don't want to hear they don't want to hear let people tell the truth, you know. So yeah, they they shadow ban you or they will they will. I've got fifty five hundred followers on Facebook, right? And, I, and on my Facebook account, I can see the insights of my posts. I'll post something, and only two people saw it. What's that tell me? That's they're shadow banning me. How can I have fifty five hundred followers and they don't? Only two people saw my post. Yeah, <laughs> you I, know I got, what I mean? Right, right now on TikTok, I got uh. I think maybe 5,000 followers. Well, last night I did a video explaining to the people where the national anthem comes from. You know, I told them the story about, you know, how the Americans kept giving their life up to hold the flag in there and make sure it didn't hit the ground. And uh, any other of my videos? I, I played get, that in the beginning here. I played that in the beginning in my intro, actually. I, I heard that. I was like, yeah, I can't believe you played that. I told my son, I was like, what I told you last night, the guy's playing it right now. Uh, but I got like five views. And then, you know, the night before that, when I posted just some nonsense, uh, I got like 5,000 views. So they shadow yeah, banned. Yeah. What the, and that's really against our First Amendment. Yeah, you know, it, is, it is. It is. It is. These tech companies should not be uh, banning our free speech or censoring our free speech. That's right. So it, that should let people know right there that we are not free. Yeah, we're made, what you see and what yeah, what you see is being controlled. But if you put up there you wanted to have a sex change and you were to set up a GoFundMe page that you wanted to have a sex change and that your parents right. won't let you or something like that or something crazy like that, you'll probably freaking raise ten million dollars. But they'll shut you down once they figure out that you lied or something, you know, or that you because they'll figure it out. Trust me, they got ways of watching you, you know. Oh yeah, <laughs> well, you know, I'm, I'm holding insane. it in my hand right now. They can turn this thing on, see where I'm at, listen to everything I say anytime they want. And oh, yeah. This cell phone yeah. does all that for them. Especially the, yep. the newer they get, the more they do. That's right. That's right. And anyone else well, there, they I, want to uh, chip in here to the conversation here tonight before I play the uh, How It Will Start. I figured I'd play that for 4th of July. I've seen played that a few times in the way in the past uh, with Mark Kenorty there. Uh, it's only about seven minutes long. But uh, if uh, you guys want to join in the conversation, 657-383-0616, press the number one. And uh, I, not, I can't get in through Skype. I, we used to be able to have to take Skype callers, but I don't know what happened. Uh, I, I forgot how that works now. But Bod Talk changed some things around, but I can still make calls. I forgot. I was supposed to call my grandmother tonight. She wanted to listen to the podcast show, but uh, uh, 4th of July, she's probably depressed. <laughs> You know, so <laughs> the way the country turned out today. But uh, it I don't know where the other podcasters are tonight. I don't know where they are. They're supposed to be chipping into the podcast. They probably checked in. I wasn't watching the board to see who was calling in during when I was playing that documentary. But so, but uh, anybody wants to join in, like I said, now's the time to do it. But, um, yeah, man, that's good that you're thinking. I'm glad you contributed that idea. I think that's something that we need to expound upon and uh, uh, definitely uh, – build upon that idea that you were just talking about. That's good. Those are new ideas. I like that. It shows that people are thinking. At least there's some hope then, you know? Yeah, we, 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 have, we haven't all gave up yet. Uh, and I want to tell you that yeah. I appreciate everything you're doing because, you know, you, without you, me listening to your podcast, I, you know, I wouldn't stay focused. I got to 
stay around like-minded people. And, uh, you know, like I said, I was involved with Mike and the Righteous Army, but he he just quit doing it because he didn't get the results he was looking for. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. You know, I've, yeah. I've been getting involved in – I can't. I'm part of the Board of Elections because I wanted to see if there was any cheating in my local area, you know, and yeah. Yeah. that's why I got involved. Well, and, you should try uh, running for something in your municipal. If you want to think, you, if you think you can make a voice in political offices, a municipal election, small, small like a, a, a town council or something like that, or alderman, something, you know, selectman, something, you know, in your area that you want to make a voice. But remember, remember, just because you're not in public office doesn't mean that you don't have a voice. Really, your voice is the most important voice. The citizen, you're the oh, boss. Oh man, I, I, I'm I'm learning. You know, I sign petitions all day long. Uh, the more I get involved, the more petitions are emailed to me. Uh, you know, and it, I write. If I have a problem, I write and keep writing. And keep there you writing. go. And I, I know the letters that right. I get back ain't really from the person I was writing, but at least they know that I'm. You know, I'm. I'm putting yeah. my. They're gonna know who I am before it's over with because I'm gonna keep writing, keep writing, and because that's the only way that we the people. That's our power. I right see now. New. I see. Yeah, I, I see. Like for instance, one of my advocates here, New Orleans, wake up there. He's in the uh, chat room there. I mean, now that, I mean, I know he's he has a yeah. He he's one of those that wants to debate me on what the republic stands for. He thinks just because I want to restore the republic, I want to go back to slavery and enslave people, oh and nobody goodness. has any rights anymore. <laughs> I mean, he just doesn't get it. He just doesn't understand what freedom really is, or or what I, what the liberty well, movement or freedom is movement. about. All because they can't they can't open their eyes. My whole my whole yeah. family was mad at me because it vaccinated. I was like, it don't make no sense. Why would I put something yeah. in me that don't stop something? Don't stop it. If it, it did anything, these things, if it stopped spreading it or stopped, you know, helped in any way, but it don't do nothing. But make you less sick. That's right. Get out of here. I ain't small. You can't That's make. That's right. It. Well, I'm gonna play this. Yeah, I'm gonna play this real quick. This is how it's how. Uh, All right. This is one founders of the republic, but uh. Uh, you guys mute, mute yourself. I won't mute you. Uh, anybody else wants to chip in? Now's the time to call in. I'm gonna play this about seven minutes long. Anybody else wants to call in? Do it now on this Fourth uh, Fourth of, of July holiday. All right. Play this here real quick. Anyway, I want to say thank you to our friends there. Uh, real quick, I'm gonna read the prologue. This is from Battle for the Republic, Dance of Swords. So when and how would it start? Everyone knew that the conflict was at hand and that the open battle for the Republic was about to begin. The dagger war had been raging for many, many years, with victories and defeats on both sides. Some had thought that Waco would be the boiling point, but it had not gone as any had foreseen. The 90s had had its skirmishes, and the militias had performed well, but restrained themselves in the hope that some other solution would present itself. It had not. With each passing day, the pressure continued to build. The globalist agenda had been based upon lies, and the people knew it. Some were still trying to formulate a peaceful solution, but the system had its own plan, and treachery was the centerpiece of that plan. With the first blade drawn and blood spilled, there would be no turning back. In a time of its own choosing, and at a place no one had expected, the dance of swords would begin. That's a nice abbreviated way to explain to you when people ask me, and I've had this happen, well, how do you think it's going to start? Uh, that is the, when I, whenever I'm in private, you know, conversation with people, and y'all, a lot of you listening know this because I've spoken with you. The first concern is, how will it start? Well, let me walk you through it, because it's going to happen this way, and really we don't get to pick the location, but 
the goofs are going to pick somebody they want to attack. It's that simple. They're going to try, and most likely, although you never know with, like I said, we're on a sliding scale. But let's just stay between 60 and 90 days into the next year. Uh, the bat faggots combined with whatever homeland security bottom feeders, mostly mercenaries, are going to pick somebody that they're going to decide they want to use as an example. That action is going to be a face-off, and it's going to actually, you know, initially be casualties for those who are surprised. It's going to happen that way. They're going to get caught off guard a little bit, but not much, because everybody can sense it, feel it, taste it, touch it. And what's going to happen is people are going to call on others, and there's a lot of people who are going to mobilize. The other side's going to do the same thing. Oh, and they have all their technology, but trust me, we're pulling out all the stops, and we have all of ours. At some point, there's going to be a column of goofs in black uniforms, idiots, mostly pea brains. Uh, in fact, well, 99.9% .9 pea brains in their spiffy little black uniforms with all their spiffy little alphabet letters on them. And that column of suburbans and labs and others, other nonsense are going to face off at an intersection. They're going to bump into each other by accident, mostly. And it'll be a column of militia, mechanized or light mechanized, and armed up, already cock-locked and ready to rock and roll. And the bottom feeders in the black uniforms will be screaming their profanities, and they'll be screaming and screaming and screaming, and the other side won't be screaming a whole lot. And somebody's going to pull the trigger. And there's going to be one hell of a popcorn exchange. It's going to, from a distance, it's going to sound like somebody opened up the popcorn pan from hell, okay? And when it's all said and done, there will be no turning back. I want you all to be ready for that. Notice I didn't shout about it. I didn't scream about it. And there's none of us that are in the militia community that will be surprised by it. There are none of you in the Patriot effort that should be surprised at it at all. Now, some will try to talk themselves out of it, and some will think they can make a deal. There are no deals with the devil. And when that happens, then all of the, of the, the game plans, all of the nonsense the enemies thought to plug in will be for naught. And then the sky's the limit. Because one of the things that everybody has learned by watching what has happened over the years is in this game it's going to be use it or lose it. In other words, you make contact, you fire their hind end up, and you turn them into puddles of mush. You don't try to talk with them. You don't try to negotiate with them. You do what you have done before. Now, some of you are older gentlemen who were in World War II, and I know you can't dance the dance the way we could you know, in the past. I know that. But by God, you can still run a radio, and you know you can still drive a truck. Or you can at least help with men that are wounded or individuals that are hurt when the time comes and help to maintain the fabric of our society. But there's another group of veterans, the Korean War veterans, and guys, you're getting long in the tooth, too. You don't need to tell me. I know we got a lot of gentlemen in their 70s. And you know what? They're still online. And when the time comes, I don't care if you move fast. You pick the target, you put them down like the dog that they are with one round. And if all you did was take down that one black uniformed scumbag, you know what? That's one less we got to worry about. You pick the time, you pick the place, you neutralize the target. But there's a whole bunch of Vietnam vets, and there's a whole bunch of other people that are from other wars and other periods of time in the last 40 years, and you are more than competent, and you are more than capable, and you've seen men die, 
and you've seen men stack like cordwood, okay? The other side, they always claim, and we got a bunch of goofs on our side that are doing the, they just stack us like cordwood. And next time someone says that, you turn and slap that sucker. Slap that girl for what he is. Okay, the next time you hear any goof come up with that or start yapping that BS, then you slap his hind end. Because everybody knows it's equal opportunity dying time once everything kicks in, and the other side ain't going to have it their way. Now, you're going to have to think ahead. Now, I'm going to tell you flat out, anybody who's running around like a chicken with their head cut off, shame on you. I don't want to hear any screaming. There shouldn't be any panic. I don't want to hear any, it's so terrible. I don't want to hear any of that either. Congratulations. It's the life we're living. It's the times we have. Make the best of them you can. Organize to the best of your ability. Fight to win. And once we've won, help the other guys that are still in need of assistance to kick the slats off the other ones that they're facing. Moose season is going to be real short. However, there's going to be a couple of seasons that open up, and there's a reason for that, because the bad guys are hoping to waste our, waste our time and resources in lesser actions that they might consume and eat out our substance. We have thought for the long term. Now, all of you out there, every one of you, must be prepared at least to take care of yourselves. You completely change the formula of what you're facing, and the enemy cannot predict effectively what they're going to do if everybody just does some of the basic stuff that we've talked about. Just food, any, any quantity of food and water you have on the shelf means that you are thinking with your mind and not with your stomach. Yep. Every one of you, all you could do is say, oh, peace, love, dope, I just can't touch a weapon. Well, fine. I, I really wouldn't have a problem with that, provided you get up off your dead hind end and do something to prepare yourself. At least prepare yourself. You know, in other words, get ready for what's coming. Now, that means food, that means water, water purification systems, and even if you don't think you're going to be a combatant, by God, you better get a gas mask and you better do it now because they're already bragging about how they're going to bug spray people, okay? we already known that. That's part of their psychological formula, but what happens if we undermine it completely by being prepared for it? It changes the dynamic, just like everything else. All right, everybody. That's, uh, that was Mark Knorky there. played that years ago. Actually, that was about 15 years ago. But that, that's basically, uh, that was before its time, and the, the, the battle hymn of the Republic, that if society was to crash and break down, if there was to be, uh, like people have even talked about even recently on podcast shows, where they think, well, maybe the United States, if it does crash, it'll break up into sections, or uh, the North, you know, South, this, South, South, that. Um, it, it will coordinate, coordinate itself off, but it will be open and susceptible to foreign U.N. troops. And that's what we were talking about with the laws on the books now, about, for instance, we have illegal immigrants that, be, that can become police officers. They actually, there are laws written on the books in some states where they actually condone that and they p promote it, actually. That means a guy like me would get denied instead of an illegal immigrant getting the job. Can you believe that? A United States citizen doesn't get the job as a police officer because of my background, but yet an illegal immigrant who broke the law to get here, he gets the job. Yeah, there's statutes on the books that state this. There's actual laws on the books. Well, why not? We're giving them unemployment. Remember on my podcast show a few months ago, we called up uh, well, Homeland Security, actually. We called them down, down to the border to find out about the traveling vouchers, the travel vouchers for travelers that were going to get, you know, for uh, relocation, uh, where, where they were kicking veterans out of motel rooms 
for the veterans programs, veterans that are homeless, they're trying to find them housing, these guys that are suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder or whatnot or whatever mental handicap or physical handicap that they have because they served our country. They're getting put up in housing, and they're being removed from the housing, and the people that are coming across the border are getting it. What a freaking disgrace. How disgusting. How disgusting. And yet we are not angry about this. We're not upset about this. What a shame. What a shame. Anybody wants to contribute here to the podcast here tonight, press the number one. Uh, I know I, I mentioned somebody's there, but that was in the chat room. I don't know where Sarge has been. I don't know where the heck he's been, actually. So he's kind of disappeared. But I know I mentioned it. was called him out by name there. And I'm not trying to get him on the podcast show to argue with him or not, because I'm not trying to argue with people. But, you know, we have this discussion where people call into these podcast shows and they debate us about what freedom is and what we should be doing out there. And, and, and or, or like last night about God, the God conversation. You know, there's no reason for debate. There's only one truth. There's only one. There's everything else is a lie. And we can't believe a lie and expect to move forward and be productive and be blessed as a country. We can't. It's just not going to happen. It's just not going to happen at all. But the last caller that just called in and gave the solutions about voting, electronic voting and whatnot, why can't we vote, why, why can't we vote or come up with an idea about us voting at the same time our elected representatives vote, that's actually a good idea because the people would have a live voice uh, 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 and we could see their opinion, actually. Now, we have polls. We have actual polls out there, but they're controlled by the corporate media, so they're not honest. You know, they, they take they, – what they do is they have a poll, and they'll, they'll go into one specific location, and out of uh, 100 people uh, uh, say, are you voting for Biden or Trump? And, they'll, you know, it's a, a Demo- and, they go, and you see who voted already or, or who voted in the past, Democrat, and they're asking Democrats if they're going to vote for Trump or Biden. What do you think they're going to say? You know, so it's not it's not a real poll. It's not it's not the truth. So uh, you know, so anyway, the uh, I see my friends there in the chat room there. My fans are in the chat room there. Uh, how you doing there, uh, the idiot, idiot uh, Gavin Moore? What's that, sir? I said I'm still here. I was just putting my chickens up. So I, I'm, oh, okay. I'm still on. <laughs> yeah, I I'm wanted to say that's the battle of the hymn for the republic. But I just wanted people to say that that's that's you know because there is a there's a community out there, people out there that are prepared for the uh, the the bad that could happen if the economy was to collapse or if this country was to uh, be subjected to a war, a, a world war. Remember, our shores have never really been invaded, you know, and it could it could happen. You never know. The world is an unstable place right now. You know, we have we have people out there who hate America. We have a caller that hated America. That gentleman I was just talking about, uh, the New Orleans guy, called in. Obviously, his tone, he's, he hates America. He doesn't like America. He doesn't support America. He believes America owes him or he owes his people. He said, he said he's a black radical, whatever that means. What's a black radical? What does that mean? I forgot to ask him that night. What does a, what's a black radical? I don't understand. He, he, you know, he are you saying that you don't like America? <laughs> you know? I don't get it. Yeah, and I, I don't. I just don't understand put, what 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 a black radical is. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna pre-warn anybody that ever decides that's what they're going to do is try to evade America. Don't start in the South, because you will come up here. Yeah, yeah. No, it'd be suicide. Well, there's still a lot of suicide. Down, that's yeah. why they want to get rid of guns. That's why they want to disarm the American people. You know, because there's no guns, then they can't protect themselves. But what imagine if I went out out there and I started calling myself a white radical. I started saying I'm a white radical. Do you understand that I, I would if, – if, if I was ever to go out there and, and promote myself as that, yeah, I would probably be arrested. I'd be kidnapped and thrown in a oh, federal yeah. prison, you know? Yep. And this is what we're talking – you know? 
I mean, it's terrible. It's like this uh, 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 affirmative action thing I was watching earlier with this black professor. What is it? Cornell guy. This Cornell. I forgot his name. Cornell something. I don't know. He's talking about that he's all free. This guy's going nuts because they got rid of affirmative action. Uh, yeah. I got another caller here. Puts his hand up here. Uh, let me see here. Go ahead. 314. Go ahead. Hey, look. I take exception to what my grandson said you said. You said I was on the couch, had been cooking hamburgers, and eating hamburgers, and drinking beer. And still <laughs> fighting for everything. I did. I did. You're right. I did say that. You should be shaming yourself. You should hey, be shaming well, yourself. No. We're angry. I'm angry. <laughs> I don't want to be celebrating. I don't even drink beer. <laughs> hey, hey, you ain't drinking Bud Light, are you? <laughs> I don't drink none of it. I ain't old enough. No, there you go. No, that was a good skit that you played. I really enjoyed it. And the last gentleman that you said, I agree with him hardly. And that's what I teach. Been teaching that for a long time. The young people I take out. You see, that's what's missing is young people. Yeah, these young people involved in this. I can get mine involved in it, teach them all the things, the facts. The documentation, history, and so on and so on. And most importantly, we teach them how to shoot. Then I turn them over to somebody else who teach them how to handle guns, how to handle a weapon at a, another level. So that's what has to be done. There's nothing that. wrong with it. People go out bowling. No, oh, people no, go out oh, playing oh, basketball. No, you... Social services will be called upon you, and and that and that's wrong. I mean, you're you're a bad parent. I got two other callers here. I'm going to bring into the conversation too. Here, I got a private caller, and I got three two three. So I got four people now on the line here. So let's go with the private caller first. He had his hand up first. Go ahead. Well, well, uh, Joe, this is Brother Warren, host of New Orleans Wake oh, Up. I wasn't going to call in, but you mentioned my name several times, and I also see this comment. An interesting comment that this guy named Gavin Moorhead said about you. And when I was yeah. reading his comments, when I was reading his comments, I was like, hmm, I'm not the only one that was thinking that way as well. Oh, really? Okay. Well, um, all right. Let me bring on 3232. Three, two. Don't, don't, don't keep people waiting. But Gavin Moorhead in the chat room, that's not his real name, obviously. He's obviously a troll. So if you believe what trolls say and what they and, and support them, then uh, – then that's fine. Where did three two three go? He was, I was just bringing wanted to bring him in on the con- and he just hung up. He just disappeared. Where would he go? That's that, and that was Joe too. Joe, where the heck are you, man? You just you were just here and now you you, you disappeared. All right. Anyway, he was just there. Where would he go? He, his number popped up and then popped back. And, all right, that's fine. All right. Um. All right. Well, what's your, what, what are you talking about here now, Warren? What are you talking about here? The comment in the chat room. All right, Gavin Moore. Yeah, you're a troll. You believe what trolls say? No, what I said was the comments he made, the allegations he made against you are very interesting there. And, yeah. uh, uh, you know, what, so and I that, came in second place. Was. I came in second place in the primary. I came in second place, and I voted for myself 1,455 uh, 1, times. That's an interesting comment. <laughs> well, I mean, everything he, said, everything he said, everything he said, he, he – he, uh, he said you were a white supremacist, a Nazi, or something really? like that. He said all of that stuff. And then just oh, read wow. the quote. It's right there. You can read what he said. 
I know. I, I, I've seen it. I've seen. It. I didn't really read it all, but uh, yeah. Well, that's nothing new. A lot of people call me white supremacist. A lot of people call me a, a Nazi. A lot of people because of my views, my but, conservative but, views. But, 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 but there's an expression is the expression used to go, you can dish it out, but you can't take it in. But I heard you say a lot of things about me that yeah. uh, I feel you should need to explain yourself. You accuse me of hating America and hating the country and so on and so forth. I think anybody who wants people who wants everybody to enjoy their full rights, uh, don't hate the country. That's obvious. But, of course, to some people, for those who advocate for their rights, you all consider those people hating the country. Well, well, first of all, well, first of all, hang on a second here. Your comments are obviously anti-American, okay? Such you as don't what? Like such as uh, what, Joe? Such as what? Such as what? Your pro, yeah, give me an example of a comment I made of anti-American. Oh, well, get ready, everybody. America's going down. America's going to go down in China. China's going to be number one. They already what are. And you know was, what? I like the way what, China does things. I like no, the no, government. No, they Joe, support Africans. Joe, what I, right? Joe, what what I said, said, Joe, Joe, what I said was, and what geopolitical analysts will agree, is that America's influence around the world and its hegemonic stance is in decline. That's what I said. That's not true. But that, but you also said well, that China supports well, Africa. Okay. 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 Right. Pardon? They're supporting that. You said China. Pardon me. I don't think I stutter, but I'll say it again for you. You said China supports Africans and African business. They're helping Africans other than the white people that are over there, the European countries that suppress Africa, and they're taking advantage of Africa and stealing all the minerals of Africa. That's what you said, right? That's a true That's a actually a true statement. France, okay. France has, one of, France, France has yeah. one of the largest gold gold repositories in the world, but but France doesn't have any gold mines. Where does France get all that gold from? Hang on, we got another caller well, who wants Joe, to say I something. Think you, uh, uh, Joe, I think you're a pretty nice guy myself. <laughs> <laughs> Listen all right, thank you. See that? You have nothing to nice uh, hold your head down for. Hold your thank head you. high and uh, stand strong. Everything will work out oh, in the yeah. long run. Oh yeah, absolutely. He's, he's a, the, the, Mr. Warren, we know Mr. Warren, uh, Mr. Warren. Which look, 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 Mr. Warren, you make interesting talking points, but again, they sound anti-American. They sound anti, uh, you know. And, and you you accuse Sarge, Sarge, a Vietnam veteran, an Army veteran, a former police officer. You called him names and you called his service fake. You said he never served. You insulted a veteran like that. That's not right. Have you, you seen? Have you that. seen evidence? Have you seen evidence that the man served? I don't need to see. I take his word. Oh, okay, all right. Okay, well, he's lying. Oh, okay, well, so you haven't seen you haven't seen any evidence. Okay, you can continue. You didn't see no evidence. So, through through, through twelve right. years of talking to him on the phone and talking to him privately, and I don't see any reason why he would lie to me. All right, but anyway, I got another call. Do you here know how many? Do you know how, Joe? Do you know how many marriages break up because people have been married for twenty, thirty years and one spouse didn't know the other spouse? was doing something, and he make the same kind of comments. I've been married to him or her for 30 years. I don't believe it. Well, I'm not married to Sarge. So. Uh, but anyway, uh, go, go ahead there, uh, Connecticut. Go ahead. You want to jump in the conversation? Yeah. How are you, brother? All right. 
All right, just all right. Glad to uh, be oh, able yeah. to get Doing in here, sit, listening to the conversation, and and uh, yeah, I've heard you call been called all kinds of names. I've seen the Anti Defamation League. I've seen a lot of people go after you, and you know what? They never knock a loser. <laughs> so that's the first, there you have it. That's the first you you ought to think about. Uh, uh, but the truth is this: I've known uh, uh, Joe Gibson for well over twenty years, uh, well over twenty years. And I understand his program. You have to understand the program, understanding the time in which we live in, where he allows everybody to have a voice. A lot of these blog talk programs, you know, they're muting guys. They're cutting people off. They're not letting them say what they want to say. Uh, they, they're prejudiced to this organization. They're prejudiced to that organization. And, and Joe hasn't done that. He's left it as a level playing field. Everybody gets to say what you want to say, and then let the people decide what's real and what's not. And, and so Joe, there's people coming on and, 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 and accusing him of being this and being that and, and a racist and all that, and, and that's not true uh, at all. Uh, the farthest thing you're going to find is, is Mr. Gibson being a racist in that sense. Okay, and I think that we're all racist in one way or another. We're discriminatory, I should say, not racist, but discriminate. We're all discriminators, and we're discriminated. We go into the store and we buy Cheerios, and we don't buy Rice Krispies, so we're discriminating against Rice Krispies. All right. <laughs> so, you know, well, that's, yeah, but, that's but Rice Krispies, Rice Krispies are not human beings. Yeah, well, you know what? We're all discriminators. I have an opinion, you have an opinion, he has an opinion, and, and, you know, opinions are like belly buttons. Everybody's got one, you know. Uh, But what he's trying to do is trying to bring an education point, a focal point of education to the people in in the country on an open forum. And and that's not what others are trying to do. They're trying to propagate their plan and their their theory and their opinion and that's the only opinion that matters on the well program. obviously you haven't heard obviously you haven't been listening to one of the hottest talk shows on blog talk called new orleans wake up you need to listen to those programs new orleans wake up that guy who's the host brother warren that that guy is fantastic did you say new orleans or new orleans new orleans wake up where where are you from i'm from new orleans well, I don't know anybody from New Orleans that says New Orleans. It's called North. You didn't hear me say. You didn't hear me say New Orleans. You didn't hear me say that. Well, I did, and that's why I was asking you. you well, know, well, you, well you, you didn't. You didn't hear that. I'm from. I'm from New Orleans. Born, raised, family been there nearly 300 years. Yeah, I was just down in uh, on Charles Street about uh, maybe a year and a half, two years ago. It's called. It's called St. Charles. St. Charles yeah. Avenue. Yeah down on St. Charles Street. In fact, I stayed at the Wyndham Resorts there. And uh, they were doing a lot of a lot of work on the streets and stuff, so I really didn't get to enjoy myself as much as I wanted Sin to. City. Sin but, City. Isn't that Sin City? New Orleans? That's what some people refer idea. to it as. The Big Easy. So is Waterbury. The Big Easy. So is, Sin City. So is Waterbury, Connecticut. They call it Sin City. <laughs> There's no place you can go in this country. They don't know where Waterbury, Connecticut is. You know, but... Uh, uh, city, uh, you know, what does that mean? Let me tell you something, exactly. Joe. A lot of people, a lot of people from the Bible Belt come down here, talk like you do with the religion stuff, and they like to come down here and let their hair down and hope nobody back home in any little small town in Alabama, Mississippi, know about it. Now, what do you mean religious stuff? What do you mean by that? 
Well, I mean, a lot of people who speak the way you speak, your conservative viewpoint, can't wait to get down here just to put all that stuff aside and participate in but some I don't, of this I don't know. What's stuff? the way that I speak? What's the way that I speak? I don't understand. What way do I speak? Well, you know, the, the Bible thumper, you know, using uh, God as a cover for your political views. You know how you guys do. You know that, like you were talking yesterday. Well, I'm a, I, no, I'm a, I don't know. I got a doctor. Go I got a doc. I got a master's in uh, theology and a bachelor's in theology and a doctor of religious education. And I have a doctorate in world religion. And so when you say that they come down there, uh, you know, it's, it, it's like the, you know, the old Southern Baptist bell, you know, and behind the liquor store, there was a little bell and, and the preacher would come and he'd ring the bell. So nobody would see him. You know, is that what you're talking about, that kind of a thing? Well, let me tell you, the Southern Baptists had their convention here a week or two ago, and believe me, there were a lot of those Southern Baptist preachers and pastors on Bourbon Street, and they were not and passing what, out yeah. tracts either. Yeah, okay, and, and, and so does that condemn, you know, uh, listen, there's a lot of white guys that rob banks. Does that make the whole white race a bad race? You know, and I don't, I don't believe in races. Well, anyway. No, but what, it, but what it what it says is that there are a whole lot of hypocrites out there. Well, yeah, I think we're all hypocrites. I hear, I have people tell me, I don't, I'm not going to come to your church because I don't want to be around a bunch of hypocrites. And I tell them, well, you know, hey, you go to Walmart. You know, there's a bunch now of let me ask you this. We, let me ask you this. When you came down here last, did you go on Bourbon Street? No. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> no. Okay. But, well, but what I, mean, I did do is I, I did walk around. And like I said, at that time, there was a lot of street construction. A lot of the sidewalks were torn up and stuff. And so I really didn't get to enjoy uh, uh, New Orleans as I wanted to. But I, I was there not not for uh, the sin. I was there to enjoy, uh, for a military convention uh, that was there at the time. It was the VFW was having a military convention in, in New Orleans. And uh, so I was down there. So you there. went to the World War II Museum? Yeah. Uh, no, I, I didn't see the – I saw the World War II Museum in Washington, D.C. I didn't see it down there. Uh, I don't think I did. Um, I, I might have. I'm not quite sure. Well, you wouldn't uh, forget it if you saw it. You wouldn't forget it if you had seen it. Well, I got to I gotta be honest with you. I've traveled – I've been to all over this country. I've been a, from San Diego to, to uh, Connecticut probably 46 times driving in the last nine years. And I really can't remember uh, all, all the places I've been to. Uh, some places do stick out in, the, in my uh, uh, mind, you know, some of the things that I've seen. I've been up through the north and through the south and, and through the middle of the country and, and uh, you know, the 10, the 20, the 40, on the 80. And so I've well, seen a lot of Let's get back to the country. issue at hand here. Let's get back to but, the issue at but, hand is what but, he's talking about. The brother Warren. Well, He's talking about well, here that some idiot yeah, in the well, chat room posted slander, slanders me, and he wants to take a run with it and go running around the block with it. You know, well, uh, so, you know, it, nonsense. There are a lot of people that are slandering people. Uh, you know, uh, you don't slander a guy, uh, you know, without evidence. And so that's what that's it right. is. It's slander. Somebody gets in the <clears> chat room and runs their lip. You know. Uh, there's trolls out well, there. Well, Joe, Joe, Joe accused me of saying I hate America, and I'm against this country. He still ain't share with me what it is I said. See, so Joe is slandering me. Okay, so no, so no. what is so let's let's clarify it. You love the country. 
I, I love where I was born and raised. Of course I love this country. Okay. But I don't love All it right. for the same reasons that Joe says he loves it. Well, I, I love the country because it's America. And, and you know what? I think that everybody in this country has got a shot at, at, at uh, rising up, up above and, and getting to the top of the cream. I don't think that anybody specifically you know, can say that, hey, it's my environment that's held me down. And I look at that biblically, and I say, you know, up in heaven, there was no sin, and Satan's sin began in his heart. You see, he had a perfect environment. Can we, Joe, I'm waiting for you, I'm waiting for you to, 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 to illustrate, and all of this will be a part of your general theme of restoring the republic. I'd like you to illustrate where I have what I've said to make you believe I hate this country. By your comments okay. and negative, negative comments persuasion of every what, single Joe? comment. Such, you're asking a question, you're cutting what, me off. Again, every single show you've been on, including mine, you've attacked the host or the guests or the listeners by stating <laughs> anti-American, anti-American rhetoric by and pro-China rhetoric. I mean, again, it's I'm, just I'm, your attitude. Well, 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 I don't, I, I, I'm not ashamed to uh, admire other countries when they're doing right by their own people and they're investing in their own China, people. China does right by its own people. China does right by its own people. China is to be commended for uplifting 800 million people out of poverty. Really? Well, let's say, well, what about all the people that they got in the concentration camps? And well, that's a lie. I, I, I stand, I stand here today to say that's a, yeah. that's a lie. That's a pure lie. So well, it's that's not a lie. lie. It's not a pure lie, and I know missionaries that have been That's to China. That's a pure lie. That's a lie. Uh, I know missionaries who have been you to got, You got the United States has the largest per capita prison population in the world. Two well, million people true. locked up in the prison in the United States. I agree. That's true. That's a true statistic. So, therefore, the United States has the United States might have its prisons in concentration camps. Well, that, hang on. I got two, three, four. I want to jump in here too. Two, three, four. I see you. I know he's bouncing around. Let me, let me bring him into conversation because we're getting into overtime section here. So anybody wants to call in, you need to do it now. Yeah, hang up in five minutes. We'll get back in. Yeah, that's I fine. I know China you don't want to hang around because you do that. This is what you do, Brother Warren. This is what you do. Is what you do is you call into a show, you antagonize everybody, and then you run away. That's what you do. I'm here. I'm my here, Joe. My grandson questioned me Joe, about China and lifting 800 billion people out of poverty. Billion or billion? Billion. But there's not 800 billion people in the world. There's only 8 billion. There ain't no 800. My grandfather said there ain't no 800 billion people in the world. Joe. But uh, you know that's that's, that's what, what I said. What's, I said what's your plan for your people? What's your plan for your uh, election? Are you running again? So, have you got your staff together? You got your boots on the ground? I mean, what's your strategy this time? No, actually, no. Actually, this time I don't actually, but I do have a strategy, and I I have a, a plan actually that hasn't been implemented. But I'm trying to. I'm trying to bring people in together to try to help me. I can't do it on my own. So you're absolutely right, and that's one of my main concerns is bringing people in. And I believe uh, Dr. Ventura mentioned that on the uh, Statesman show last night. You know, look, Joe's out there. I've been tortured, beaten up, handcuffed, thrown in prison. I've been abused. I've seen the system. I've worked for the system uh, both ways, actually, at both sides of the fence I've been on. So what better person than to try to support to be in there who knows both sides of the of the argument? And I'm here for the people, and I believe that all the people should 
should should have the right to life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness to secure their dreams in this country and not be held back by the uh, many of the corrupt and, uh, uh, I guess you could say, uh, bought and paid for political leaders that we have in public office today. They need to be voted out, and, and uh, we need to drain this – drain like President Trump said, drain the swamp, I Joe, guess. Joe, can I ask you a question, local? Joe? Joe, can yeah, I ask you a question? Hang on. I got two, three, four here. I, I just unmuted, but go ahead. I'm just oh, waiting okay. for him to get done with his comments. When we were talking, when we were talking, Joe, hang on, two, three, four. Uh, I on, mentioned, two, three, four. go ahead. Buddy. I mentioned that I mentioned on uh, Sally's show that Thomas Jefferson had a copy of the Quran, and you laughed. Do you yeah. not know about the founding fathers? Have you not well, read Jefferson about the founding fathers? The founding fathers? I have a copy of the Quran. What's that mean? Big deal. You know, well, we talking about you, talking about you laugh, you laugh as if that was a made up story. It, because it wow. is, because the way you used it in the context of the conversation. <laughs> but I'll address that. I'll address that more in a second. We've got two, three, four. Go ahead. The founding fathers were not Christians. Well, I'm yeah. happy to hear that. Not uh, taking his, I'm not taking his side by any means. But what I'm saying is, they were realists that if they were straight up Christians, you wouldn't have your uh, freedom of religion in your well, constitution. You wouldn't have it. You would That's not true. have Madison, it. Madison, Madison fought for separation of church and state. Yep. That's, that's a and fact. And then you had someone else actually write a, uh, his own version of the Bible. Because so, what know, they, they wanted I think it was to do, Benjamin Franklin. What they wanted to do in America was they wanted to have church-run, sta- uh, state-run church Presbyterian. They wanted three denominations in this country. Okay. And, and Madison stepped up and said no. And so what happened was uh, the, the voting, it just happened that one of these guys became a governor who, and he had the power to get them to vote in, in, in his favor towards having three denominations in the country. But Madison stepped up with the Baptists. Once he, that fellow became governor, they lost that vote, and we and we ended up with separation of church and state. Washington, people uh, Washington people, Jefferson, Franklin, Madison, and Monroe practiced a faith called deism. Deism, okay, that's right. Which is a philosoph- right. philosophical belief in human reason as a reliable means of solving social and political problems. But the Correct. but the basis and foundation of our our country. Was was a Judeo Christian, okay, uh, belief, all right, and 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 their religious backgrounds were mostly mostly from Protestant. Okay, and, and here's why were, I believe. Uh, here's look, why I look, believe look, Joe, the United Joe, States. these guys, America. these guys were influenced by the Enlightenment, so they didn't believe in state religion or anything like that. That's what you guys are imposing on the so-called founding fathers. They would not agree with you on a religious well, that's, thing. That's not true, and you need to read the book by Carroll, and and it's very well documented, and uh, it's called the Trail of Blood, and it's uh, it's the history of the Baptists in, uh, in the I, world. I'm familiar with the book, but I mean, you know, that that has nothing to do with the founding fathers. You know, it's the same. It is. It does deal with the founding fathers, because the first Baptist uh, 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 colony was in Rhode Island. And so it, it, it was the Baptist influence that brought forth the separation of church and state. And they did want to have a denom- three, three denominations, the Presbyterian, the uh, Church of England, and, and one other. 
which escapes my mind at the moment. And, and but the so bottom that's line what, is this, though. The, the founding fathers didn't want, to live, want America to be what they were. The founding fathers gave us the idea of freedom. They wanted Americans to be independent and free. Now, George Washington could have been king if he wanted to be, but he did not want that position. Okay, So they, wanted, they, they were brave, courageous men that fought for freedom Joe, for us. Joe, we, we discussed this, Joe, that the, the electoral college, the electors process was put in place by the founding fathers to maintain an elite position over who rules the country. They did not trust the masses of the people. Now, we discussed and, that and on that Sally's true, show. Why did Washington not want to be king then? Well, he could have been king. He could have been king. Why well, didn't he well, take because, the, the position well, of king? Well, you got to understand that George Washington was part of the elite class. Their class was the ruling class. All right? And he so fought for the who poor. Set the rules. Pardon? No, they didn't set no rules. They, yeah, they wrote a constitution. How could you say the constitution? Uh, if you didn't own land, you couldn't vote unless you owned land. And white males didn't, the common white male wasn't allowed to vote until Andrew Jackson became the president. So what are you talking about? You guys don't even know basic well, look, you know, I'm I'm here. Let me tell you this. On the as they, yeah. Our founding fathers explicitly and clearly excluded any reference of God or the Almighty or any euphemism for a higher power in the Constitution. Not one single time is the word God mentioned in our founding document. Not They didn't say in the founding documents, they didn't say we evolved equally. They said we were created and we were endowed with the power by our creator. So they did believe in a God. And God yes, is they did. They believe in a higher God. They believe in, in righteous and moral beliefs. But they weren't going to put a single God like we everybody wants to call him Christian. That's not what it is. It's not what's been misled for a long time. So what are you saying then? You, you talk about Jesus Benjamin Christ Franklin. He was in part of the Hellfire Club. Look up the Hellfire Club so, in England. What hang he on, did hang over on, there. hang on. So are you saying that Jesus Christ is not our Lord and Savior? Is that what you're saying? I'm not. No, I'm just saying what they believe in is just a. They believe in like a higher God, but they. I know for a fact Benjamin Franklin didn't believe in Jesus Christ. Most of them didn't. They didn't believe that he came down here. God did this. They believe that God created somebody, us. And we have laws to live by. Now, you either go morally or you go the bad way. But well, they weren't going to specify because what, so many what, other religions what Bible have did they bring a God. Over here? What Bible did they bring yeah, what, with them over here? Yeah. I have no – well, it depends well, on who you ask and who came, which boat they came over on because if, if you look at the, the, the actual documents now coming out, how about who brought them over here? Who brought the slaves over here now? Let's let's talk about that. Let's talk about the books yeah, that they okay, brought with okay, the slaves. Okay, okay. How about they were white and they we're were talking slaves? Jewish. Now we're full blown into the Jewish situation. All right, well, the what about the, the whites? whites? What about the whites? What about the they whites? They were slaves. Well, yeah, during the yes, during they were. The old, Absolutely, they were. But, but, but what I want to know, okay, guys, what I want to know is Jews, what year? Well, let me ask all this. I, I want to know this. What what year? were white slaves emancipated. I've been looking in the history books, and I'm trying to find what year white slavery ended. And they fought their way black free. Well, it depends on what country you're looking at. <laughs> it, 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 
Listen, people that they came brought from wherever, children you know, they came over here on boats where they're basically... Hang just, on, one person at a time. Hang on, one person at a time. Go down the line here. No, 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 Joe, what was the answer, Joe? I got my pen and paper. What year did white slaves become emancipated here in North America? Because I, I can't find that date. And what was the law Not that North emancipated uh, Okay, Peter, well, you first. Quiet, Go ahead. As quiet as, as, quiet as, as, it, as it was kept as quiet as it was kept during the bubonic plague when all the parents were dying and all the children were there and they were they were in these homes that the the slave traders came and took those white children America and they were treated worse than the black slaves because okay. they were of less okay great they were sir. Of less I'm going to give the year right now Peter I'm going to give the year right now I'm going to give it to you Okay, of over a million or more European Christians were enslaved by Muslims in North Africa between 1530 and 1780. Okay, I yeah. thought they were slaves in the United States. That's what I thought you well, were referring to. They were slaves to. in the United States too. What year? What year were they? What year did white slavery end in the United States? It ended when black slavery ended. And what? It hasn't ended at all. We've all slaved Michael to these Hoffman. assholes Listen, running Michael, Wait, 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 wait. So you're, saying, well, look, so you're saying at the time of the Civil War, there were whites and slaves on the plantations. Could you give me a documentation for that? Yes, absolutely. And, in fact, what, you want what, what is it? I got, I, got my pen, I got my pen and paper. What's the name of the source? Okay. Okay. Go to Michael A. Hoffman II. They were white and they were slaves. No, wait, wait, the wait, 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 wait. That, That's Listen, a book? That's, that's the a book? Untold Yes, yes. It's the untold they were, history. They were, hold up. They, hold up. they Listen, were white. Quit talking over me. And I'm they were the slaves. Listen, I'm going to give you the information. They were white and they were slaves. Michael A. Hoffman okay. II. It's the untold okay. story of enslavement of whites in early America. Okay? Okay, but my question is, when did, slave, when did white slavery end? When the black slaves were freed. When the black slaves, so there were white slaves enslaved where? When the black, because you in know the black the slaves. In all, over the, in all over the United States. Uh, where? Like doing what? What, what were they doing? What, 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 what they, you got bill of sale. Are there copies of them being sold? Are they on probate and will yeah, records? As, That's interesting. As late as the 14th and the 15th hey, century. Let me say this about and that. Some of them, no, no, we're talking about hey, the United States. You're something States. right now. Says European Christians were enslaved by Muslims in North Africa between 1530 and 1780, a far greater number than has ever been estimated before. Yeah, but even in even the in Barbary Alabama, Coast types, there were white slaves. Yeah. This is more slavery. We always right. revert to slavery. We always revert to the subject of slavery with Mr. Warren here. Always. I didn't see Joe. See, Joe, I didn't bring – you see how you're accusing me of that? I didn't bring it up at all. Somebody else brought that up. And then you accuse me all the time of, 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 of being guilty of all kind of mischievous stuff. I guess if you were a cop, Joe, you would shoot me down right now on site, huh? There you go. There you go. There's your comment right there. There's your comment right there, you see? There you go. I did, that on, I, did that on, I did that to get your goat, Joe. So. <laughs> Hey, listen, Hoffman says, Hoffman says the enslavement of whites extended through the American colonies, and white slave labor was a crucial factor in the economic development of the colonies. He, he said through the American colonies, but the Civil War, right. it was the United States was an independent country. It was no more colonies. 
But during much of the okay, but then your your timeline your timeline is off. Listen, during the Civil War, all right, the political and military leaders, and we're talking about the Confederacy now, they couldn't travel in certain parts of the Deep South without an armed escort. Well, I mean, what's your point? My point is that blacks weren't the only people enslaved in the United States, and slavery, by the way. and listen, well, well, I maintain based off the historical record. I, I maintain based off the historical record that indentured servants. If you if you call indentured servants slavery, they after they served their seven years, they were given land and some money. Blacks were servants for life. They were chattel. This guy says Abraham Lincoln, right? He used the Bible, which according to his law partner, he didn't even believe. But he didn't. But he wasn't. He was not. Abraham Lincoln was the founding father. Abraham Lincoln was the founding father. You asked about the Civil okay. War. All right, hang on here. Let's, uh, he brought the Civil War up too, but hang on here. By December of the same year, 1863, much, much of Louisiana, your home state there, Brother Warren, was occupied by the Union Army. 95 schools serving over 9,500 students, including almost half of the black children in Louisiana, were running under this auspicious Clinton 58 program, which is but keeping these schools up and running would require ongoing financial support. Towards the end, the National Freedom Free, Freemen's Association, in collaboration mm-hmm. with the American Missionary Association and interested officers of the Union, launched a new propaganda campaign. Five children and three adults, all former slaves from New Orleans, were set, sent to the north on a pub publicity tour. A drawing of them was printed in the, in, uh, the 30, January 30th, 1864 issue of the popular Harper's Weekly, bearing the in, uh, intri- uh, intriguing caption, Emancipated Slaves, White and Colored. The authors of this there campaign were, were pursuing pictures, a surprising... They were not... Let me, let me tell you something. I know those were black people. Those were not white people. I got a people. picture right here on my screen. No, those white and black. I know the picture, but you got to understand that slaves were also offsprings of slaveholders. Many of them look white. Okay. okay. So I know about that, I know about that very well. I know about no, that very well. Those were, not, those were not white people. Those were black people well, no. well, who well, looked white. Well, why don't you study the Virginia Company? Look at the aristocrats who ran the Virginia Company. And, and, and one of them was a guy named Sir Thomas Smith and Sir Edwin Sandys. And you know what? The, the, they, they're the guys that had the children in Virginia in 1618. Okay? So, so this is a and, – and listen. What are you, and talking, slavery, what are you, what are you talking about? It's an endless conversation that can never get to the truth. It's the bottom line is this. Well, We're I'm here in 2023. Guess what? No, We're we all argue. slaves today. You know? yeah. We're all okay. slaves to the system and corrupt to corrupt. Anything, anything you say about New Orleans and Louisiana, I know about that. So don't try to use my home state and, and tell me something. I know about my home state, my city. All right. Well, let's talk about today in your home city and home state. How's things going today? What do you plan on doing to fix things and the corruption that's going on? I have to deal with that when I get back from my travels in August. Uh, Jill, I'm pl- I'm planning to leave out of here for the whole month of August, so I'll deal all that with all that when I get back. Wait a second, you're traveling? Uh, well, what gives you the right to travel? I always travel, Joe. I always travel, particularly oh, in the summertime. Oh, I always so you're travel. free to travel? Oh, wow! Must be nice to be free. I'm retired, huh? Joe. I'm, re- I'm Joe. I'm retired. Well, according to you, you're sincere, just trapped and enslaved, and you, you know, the American government's <laughs> oppressing you, and you know. And, 
China's a better place to go. I mean, I <laughs> you like to embellish. You like to embellish stuff, Joe. You like to embellish stuff. <laughs> where Piaki on the line? I'm not sure if he's still there or not. So let's get the closing thoughts here. So we'll go down the line. If he's still there, he can have his closing thoughts. But uh, uh, let's see here. And now I think he dropped off. Uh, he did. I think he did. So uh, closing thoughts to tonight's podcast, everybody. You know, um, Joe was on there. He disappeared. Don't know where the hell he went. But uh, he kept in. He's very impatient, that Joe. Uh, but, Cave, uh, uh, since you were last to get in here, why don't you take a few minutes on your closing thoughts to the 4th of July and where you think we'll be next 4th of July. I mean, what's this country? I mean, you know, what's going on here? Go ahead. Well, I'll be in if we want to go ahead, and, if we want to go to the White House next year on the 4th of July and do some cocaine, we might be able to do that, it sounds like. I don't know if everybody That's heard right that here. story today. <laughs> I, I, I heard about it, but I don't up. buy into it. Well, you don't buy into child slavery either, not, not and trafficking. I'm going to tell you right now, I got a friend of mine that works directly with them people that are actually – it's a bad situation, Joe. 87,000 no, kids I did not missing. say that. You took my way. Wait a minute. You're doing what the liberals do, okay? I did not say I did not buy into it. I just said the the, the problem is being blown out of proportion than what it really how is. is. It, how is it yes, blown there out is of proportion? One kid, one kid is taken. That's a problem. Yes, that's a serious yeah, yeah. problem. And see, what, this stem, what this what this stems back to is we want to talk about solutions and trying to figure things out. And after doing a little bit of looking into the different groups of people that have been talking on this uh, so-called what they want to put together as a, a group, how I can't be involved with a group that is Jewish, number one, because they do not denounce the things that they've done. They do not associate with anyone but themselves. And when you look at Judaism and their beliefs, and that's accepted, and you think for one second that you're not a target because you're the goyim or you're the Gentile. You're meant to die. They have every intention of you dying. You are to be Well, hang on, Kate. Hang on. What about the Mexican cartels that want to kill me? What about the black Listen, African gangs that want to Mexican kill me? What about the cartels aren't running this country. They're not running this country. <laughs> They're working hand-in-hand with the ones that I'm talking about, though. And I'm not talking about oh, oh. just plain Jewish people. I'm talking about people that accept the same beliefs that these assholes have done as far as religious-wise and have accepted the Noahide laws because our presidents have signed them into order. Look them up. There's seven of them. What about the Vatican Church? What about the Vatican Church? Hang on. What about the Vatican Church and the Jesuits? You don't think that they control a lot? The Vatican is the snake. The Vatican is the snake. Okay, but we just can't target one group, the Jews. But we have Catholics on the phone line, Jay. You keep saying that. You're not listening to me. When I say that, you don't listen, just like Mike used to not listen to me. I'm not saying the Jew people. I'm saying the people that accept Judaism, because when you accept that and believe that as your religious belief, and you believe in the Talmud, you better read the Talmud. Who accepts that, Joe? Who in this group accepts that? But but the Talmud's an extra-biblical writing. It has nothing to do with the Bible. It's an extra-biblical. It has everything to do with the Ashkenazi Jews. It has everything to do with the people that we're talking about to spit in the face of Christ that are dealing with the Rothschilds. They're hand-in-hand and corrupt with the banking system, the media, the ones that we're talking about that are running this country. They own all the politicians. They own Hollywood. 
Everything falls Who support these people. That? History Who repeats in this group? Look at it. Who in this group, though, Dave, supports that? The Ashkenazi Jews. You're, you're talking about your Pharisees. You've got to go back so far, Joe, but you're not listening. You're talking about Who a group in of this group, not, though? Who on the podcast, Joe? Who I told you we had this discussion last week. We had this discussion last week when he was asked if he I was I don't a remember. Jew. I'm asking you again, though. I'm Joe. asking you again. It was I, Joe. Huh? Joe is a Joe. Jew, you're saying. And I, and I don't know. He didn't say that, but he did, did not say he wasn't. But then I get on this, this okay. thing we're supposed to do the homework on and get on to the, uh, what was it called, the uh, the one site with the lady, and we and we had it all mixed up last time. So I get on there and look, and down as I scroll and start to see, it says, Fund us now. Give us your donations so that we can help the Jewish people in Ukraine, the ones that slaughtered Protestant Christians, burned churches down, and are still doing it today. Hey, hey, slow down. Slow down. I'm unaware of this, Dave. Slow down. You better watch All Europa, right. the last battle then, buddy. Have who, you watched uh, Europa? I, Oh my God! I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that? who in the podcast movement is is supporting you, our Joe. enemy. Joe, you're saying Joe is okay. That's Joe what I'm trying to get to the bottom of it. He was confronted. He was confronted and asked on air if he was a Jew. I don't and remember he him saying that. Answer. Somebody, hey, he didn't say no either. But then, as I didn't say anything, so as I look at this website that we're supposed to be looking into. They want money to fund this. They want me to Wait be a What website? What website, Dave? What, what, slow down. Slow down. So I'm trying to get to the facts here, Dave, and you're making it very hard on me. What website are you talking about? The one that we were supposed to do the homework on that Joe wanted us to study about the lady that the was – The freedom uh, one. Oh, okay. Okay. Yes, okay. yes the freedom one. Yes, that one. Yes. yes. Okay. So now I don't, remember, I don't think they support saying. Jews, but I'll look well, into I it. Well, I was looking – I, okay, you can look at it too because I looked at it. I scrolled down through it. And I go, oh, you got to be kidding me! I can't. I'm not going to be part of something because it, what they believe in, the Zion, this whole bullshit thing, is is completely what's ruining this country. If you are a Zionist, you don't believe in God. You don't believe in Jesus Christ. You believe in the light Lucifer with these people. That's what they are waiting on. They're I don't think anyone Lucifer. openly says that on this podcast show that they no, believe not in say that, uh, no, the they devil. Said it. They haven't said it in two thousand years. They never have said it, but they've been kicked out of 109 countries. Let's make it an even okay. 110. Okay, you but hang on. But, Kate, Kate, that's very solution? dangerous what hey, you're saying, Kate. It's very dangerous what you're saying. Yeah, it's not so, dangerous. I mean, i got to go dangerous. around. It's hang on. Truth. Listen to what I'm saying, Kate. Listen to what I'm saying for a no, second. Stop interrupting me on my final thought. Let me say my final oh, thought. Oh, my God. Because if these, people, if these people have had a history where we can go back to the beginning of Christ, from the time that they've been around, they have done nothing but – Pedophilia, lie, steal, cheat, name stealers. They moved into the Kazarian area. They are the Kazarian mafia. They, they, everybody's got a name for them. I don't care what your name is for them. I don't care what if you wear sideburns. I don't care if you wear little black boxes on your head and your arm. When you mess with children and you don't do the right and moral things, just like the founding fathers, when they said they didn't want a God to be specific, specifies, that doesn't mean they didn't want morality and dignity and be do the right thing. These people don't believe in that. And they believe that if you okay. are not of their blood, you are to be ended. 
That is what they want to step okay, on your okay, neck. Okay, okay, all right, okay. So, and the Quran okay. preaches that too, okay? But I want to address yeah, okay. one thing. But Dr. Ventura? Ventura? Yeah, no, but I know, everybody I can't. Was, uh, but Dr. Ventura is next. So hang on. All right, you go first then, Brother Warren. Hang on, hang out, everybody. Time out, Brother Warren, you go first. Go ahead. radical sides. I want to say this. We better hope that around that we're here around this time next year. You yeah. all know in Ukraine, the counteroffensive has failed, and NATO meets next week. And what the concern is, should Ukraine be provided with more weapons? So <laughs> what Zelensky is creating some alarm about is this nuclear power plant in this city I can't pronounce supposed to be the largest nuclear power plant in Europe. Now, I do not believe for anything in the world that Russia plans to blow it up, but I believe the Ukrainians plan to blow it up to get NATO involved directly with Russia. So I want to warn you all again, uh, red, white, and blue patriots, if you get into a hot war with Russia, it's going to be worse than COVID. If you thought Staying inside and locked down and wearing masks was so inconvenient. You go ahead with your plans to show you the big guys on the planet and watch what happens. That's okay. my concern. The nuclear, thing, the nuclear thing is passed. Now, let me say this to you guys. If you're not up on the things about what's going on over there, what if I was to tell you that Zelensky and Putin have worked together? They've made a deal. They made a deal prior mm-hmm. to this war with Iran. They had a, a, a no-fire, a, a, a peace agreement, and all they've done is run amok because if you think for one minute that Putin couldn't walk through Ukraine and smash every single thing in that country to, to oblivion, you're a fool because those two have sat side by side and watched this Mr. Potato Head we have in office, and they have just took him for the, and the, the people, all of us, for the biggest scam on the planet. Okay, okay. Please. All right, hang on, Dave. All right, all right, Dave, hang on, because we got to get to the other people's closing thoughts. Uh, Brother Warren, are you finished? Yeah, I, I was trying to conclude. I was just wanting to say that uh, this should be the most pressing issue for everybody, regardless of their what political uh, side they're on, is, is what kind of catastrophes can nuclear fallout brain to the planet. Again, nobody okay. liked the right. lockdown because of COVID. Nobody liked the inconvenience of wearing right. the I know, I know. If we get into a war, Russia, not, not okay. going to drop. Nobody the bombs drop. You'll see how worse it'll be. Okay, all right. I agree Nobody with you. Okay, uh, Peter, Dr. Ventura, go ahead. Well, I thank everybody for their uh, uh, comments on here tonight. It's been very enlightening for me because I, you know, I'm uh, I'm learning. I'm listening and I'm learning. I've listened to a lot of different pod shows, yes, and I'm learning. And uh, keep your eyes on the Jesuits. But, you know, biblically yes. speaking, yes. If, biblically speaking, you're talking about, you know, the whore that sits on the seven hills and uh, what is her commodity. And the last thing is dealing in the souls of men. And so we, we have to take these things uh, like, uh, man was talking about there about the Talmud and those extra biblical writings, and those are not those are not uh, the uh, uh, five books of Moses. Those are books that that later came out. No, Moses, it's the Torah. Vomiting. 
Yeah, it's not the Torah, correct. And 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 so not only the Talmud, there's the Targums, and there are others. And and one of the fellows that's uh, behind a lot of that was a fellow by the name of Moses Mominade. And if you study Moses Mominade, you, you you can get a grip on what this other man's talking about the Zionist movement. Okay, and then you go back to even uh, to Hitler and and uh, Kittle, and Kittle was Hitler's uh, you know redefinition of redefining of what Christianity was. And so those those are important subjects. But again, I want to thank you all, and I certainly appreciate the program. I th- thank you, Joe, for allowing me to yeah. participate. I, I'm a Christian, and I just go before, and I pray that my heart's right and that God would send us a leader who will lead us mm-hmm. and guide us yeah. in this. And that's what we need to do. We need to make sure our hearts are right, and then we need to ask God to put a leader in who will lead us in the right direction. And that's what we yeah. need. Thank you. Yeah, and as far as the podcast goes, as far as the uh, the group there that Patay was making the comment that he can't be a part of anyone that's uh, supporting uh, the Zionist or what not have you, I don't know of anyone on this podcast show or in our group here that openly supports the New World Order and uh, uh, supports tyranny and uh, supports uh, or 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 uh, I don't know what he's referring to as far as the Talmud goes. I don't think Joe supports the Talmud. It's not what I'm saying, Joe. It's not what I'm saying. They're they're standing behind. They're standing behind the belief of Zionism, where they it's a it's a Christianity has been fooled to be Zionist, and it's it's their little way yeah. But who, Joe? You're saying Joe is. You're saying Joe supports that, right? That what that website shows, man. That's what they want you to get involved with. They want they want us to be. I haven't checked out that website. Okay, well, when you check it out, I don't. You'll see what I'm All saying. Right. And anybody wants to Israel, though, hang on. Hey, hang on. Israel problem. is not the enemy. Israel is not the enemy itself. No, it's not our friend because either. You, you, it's not our friend. If you, it, it's not our ally. If you think you're so, saying the whole entire state of Israel, hang on. Let me ask you a question. Is the entire state of Israel you're saying is a is anti-American and against America, and they're trying to yep. destroy America, and they're yep. part of Satan? Yep. Yep. They the have, they have, they have desecrated the Palestinians to no end. They are, you want to talk about someone that's moved in the Why wouldn't they desecrate the bad? Palestinians? Hang on. Hang on. The Palestinians launched over how many, let's see, 7,385 rockets into their state, Let me into tell the you state of are Israel. You kidding? Listen to me. You, you need to stop watching CNN because if you think that the Palestinians uh, no, have a chance CNN. beaten. Hey, who's funding, you're telling who's me that Palestinians. You're telling me there's no who's Palestinians over there trying to launch rockets into Jerusalem and the rest of the state of Israel. Half those guys over there fighting are getting run out of their homes and they're fighting with sticks and rocks while we're supplying them. To who Israel. are Palestinians, Dave? <laughs> who are the Palestinians, Dave? Who are well, they? the Middle Eastern people that have had a land uh, grab, not like the. the we wait a second. Wait a minute. They're land grab. Wait a minute. They're land grab. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. The first thing is there was never a nation called – it was ruled right. by many kings. It was a territory. And uh, then right. you had – what's his name? The Palestinian Liberation Army leader, uh, uh, mm-hmm. Arafat, who was an Egyptian. Arafat. Right. He was an Egyptian, and he was married to a Roman Catholic. Okay? Yep. So and, – and if I go biblically and I look at the book of Genesis and I find that – Moses is standing before the burning bush, and the Lord tells him, take your shoes off. You're standing on holy ground. The word holy means something that's separated onto God. The land belonged to God, not the Palestinians. No, I didn't say that. But the thing is, does America, uh, God's earth is America then. It doesn't belong no, to America. But what, but what I'm saying is this. 
every Jew, every Jew is not an enemy. Jesus no, said not. that. They, I didn't say that. I've never said were, that. Okay. Well, no, I, I didn't say you did, sir. But I, I'm just okay. clarifying that. Because I don't want everybody to think that, hey, listen, you know, we're, we're just a bunch of Jew haters. No, that's why I try to put, to make it clear that I'm not saying that it's the people that have the same beliefs as the bad seed, the bad ones. Just like there's bad white guys, there's bad black guys, there's bad child. You have a group, a core group yeah, that's it's, I agree. It's, it's evil. I agree with you. There you go. I agree. But you that's said it. the state of Israel. But he said the state of Israel, the entire state of Israel. Listen, that's what he said. The state of Israel wouldn't be where it's at if it wasn't for the United States of America. They weren't even there till '48. And if, if, if Israel's our ally, our biggest ally, then why did they bomb the liberty and try to kill everybody on there? Why have they done so many things involved with the Mossad? If, if they, they turn traitor, they are the, the wolf in sheep's clothing. They're the same people that are running this whole shit show. They are the ones that are in Netanyahu, whatever, the Yahoo, Yahoo, is a traitor. Shaking hands and stabbing backs, 100%. So you're saying if, that that's one person in the Israeli government, though? Is, is there corruption in the Israeli show. government? Yes, there is. Yeah, it's he's running the yes, whole show. He's, he's supposed to be elected out, and then he's back in again. What's that tell but you? But there's corruption in the United States government, too. Who do you think's running that corruption? Who's got the biggest intelligence agency in this world, the, the most advanced? Who is it? The Mossad, of course. There you go. No doubt. Okay. There no you doubt. Go. Okay. That's exactly who's. That's what's happened to America. They you know what plotted like this Jesus. for years and years. The Book of Revelation says that they are of the synagogue of Satan. He says Satan. they claim to be Jews. Excuse they, they claim, claim to be claim Jews, to but they're Jews. not. That's right. That's right. But they're not. So now we know 100%. that there are people that are claiming to be Jews that are not, but there are real Jews. That's who. They, that's exactly what I'm talking about. But I don't. And, and Joe wants to always ask me who are they. I don't know. I don't know how you want that you want to call them. I want to call him uh, former – because, listen, Joe Biden, and let's call it as it is, Donald Trump just accepted Judaism. His kids are being raised – or grandkids are being raised under Judaism. That's the go to the wall. They sign the no-eyed laws. They, they do their thing because they're owned by these people that are not the Jews. They're the ones from the synagogue of Satan. Call it what you want. I call them. Son Joe Biden a is a pastor. Roman Catholic. Joe Biden is a Roman isn't, Catholic. Isn't, isn't Trump's son-in-law a Jew, a Jew in the Zionist as well? Yes. Every one of Trump's kids are married to a Jew except one. Baron, that's because he's not what? old enough yet. Okay, so let me ask you this question because this begs the answer. And this is the answer that I've been looking for since I've been listening for the last few years here. And I've heard the many, many opinions and all the thoughts and history. And, and what's the answer? That's what I want. I want the answer. I, I want to say you got to, you can put the Rothschild name in there because it goes so far back. You have the black nobility, and I'm not saying by black as in skin. You have to look it up. There's 13 families that sit on top of everything in Switzerland. That group of people has stayed focused, centered on funded both sides of wars. Every time there's a war, they're the same people that fund both sides, and they We know that, Tate. Huh? What's the answer? Okay, What's I don't know what their yeah. name is. Yeah. I don't know what the you facts. want to call them. New World Order, call have them that. If that's what you want to call them. Yeah, okay, we have the but facts. These people, now, what's the answer? Well, now, what's the answer? And, and I've always here. said, everybody wants to say, call. you have to look back in history. 109 countries have done nothing but ban them. 
They weren't allowed back into Spain until 1967 because of the atrocities they do to children. And they got and when you have when you have to banish them, you have to call them out for who they are and say, "Listen, you got to go. You got to go." Ban who? Sounds crazy. Jesus Christ! Oh my God. Okay. So I'm trying to get the answer here. So Joe Biden's one. It's just about every single politician you can look at. It's it's corrupt. If they don't do what's right for you, if they're not moral, they're involved with them. That's all I got. Okay. That's all I can figure out. All right. So I we hate got to say. So now we're looking for the answer. So I, I don't know you want to call. What do we got to do? We got to get rid of them. They've got to go. Right, history has said. History repeats itself. The only way to get rid of them, that every other country's ever done, to stop the problem that they've had, just like we're having. History's repeating itself. They want to erase history. We're watching that. Because they don't want to have to keep doing this, hide behind people. Okay, all right, all right. We know the problem. But, Peter, ask me the question again, Peter. If you want to know, you ask me again. You want to ask me, they got to go. You drag them out by their fucking hair, and you take them out of here. They got to go. Who? 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 Who are we dragging out by the hair? The people that are standing behind the pedophilia, the LBGTQ, anybody that's not moral. And have any belief that I don't, you don't have to believe in God. You just have to do the right thing and not mess with kids. Anybody who's not and, moral. And treat your, no, anybody who wrong, doesn't want to treat your – anybody who messes with kids is gone. Gone, gone, gone. I'm not oblivious to the child trafficking. I, I mean, my wife and I rescued a, a Japanese girl and got her back to uh, Okinawa, Japan, that was in, you know, being trafficked, who was a, a wife of a Marine. Okay, so I, I, I'm familiar with all that. The question is, how do you do it? You say you I, just I don't grab know. them. How do you do it? How do you grab them? Well, I guess we have to and look back in the history books and ask it. We'll have to just exactly see how they did it because I, I don't have an answer for it. Because legally, right. they have such well, a stranglehold now. You know, there's, there are so many of them at such a high power now. It's yeah. We know that. Like we know that. We know that. But we we're looking for solutions on how to go about doing it. Well, yeah, I can't give you a solution because we've never been to this point. And, and, and previously, the solution was you ban them. You get, if, they, if they want to claim that who they are, they either denounce Judaism or they're gone. All right, the Peter, case, go ahead. Now, what's I'm your comment? You that's, it's a faith. It's Hang on. Okay, 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 okay Peter, what's your comment? Right, this, is, this, this has been the problem all along. We, we know all the facts. We just don't know how to get rid of them. I wish I had a lasso big enough because I'd lasso them up and drag them out of here. Hey, I'm I, I know, know, but you're going to lasso people. Hang on. We're going to go after people, but we don't know who we're going after. <laughs> I told you, you who Judaism. I'm going after. If they come to me, if it's the people that believe that it's okay to do this pedophilia thing or they believe it's okay to LBG, You really think they're going to openly say that thing? You think they're going to come up and you say, Hey, I openly prefer – I'm allowed to a child trafficker, Tave. You really think they're going to do that? When you have a prosecutor letting people out of jail because that's what they do, they got to go. You said everybody that practices Judaism. You said Judaism. How can we do that? Yes, yes, yes. You're going to have people that saying everybody that practices Judaism. Hang on a second. You're saying everybody that practices Judaism is evil? Judaism is evil. Judaism okay, so has now to sign – it's a bottom line. The, I hate to say it, the, the Catholic Church has now signed with the main rabbi – I can't say his name, 
But they, the Pope. So now we got, okay, okay, so we got to get rid of all Catholics too now. So Catholics too now we have to get rid of. We got to get rid of. Not all Catholics. Huh? The, the, the Catholic what do you mean, Church not all Catholics? You just said they signed with the Catholic Church. What do you mean? Well, not all Catholics understand what's going on. That's the problem. Well, not all, people, not all people that practice Judaism. second, but not all people that practice Judaism know what's going on either. Well, when you, I'll tell you what. Well, here's your homework, Joe. Since I had to do my homework and I did mine and I looked up my stuff, I want you to look up what Judaism is, and I want you to tell me what the seven Noahide laws are next time we talk. And then when you, but when you know everyone that believes in Judaism, okay, but I know that, but not everyone. Judaism, oh my God, not you, everybody well, who practices they, Judaism. World order is not, not what we're talking about. We're talking about a one mm, world religion that's going to take over because you're one not world everybody, Dave, Dave, not everybody understands. Dave, 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 not this. This is the problem. This is what's going to happen. This, this is how history repeats itself. You're going after one group of people. Let's go get them, everybody. String them up. And you're going to – and no, we're going to round up – no, You know what it stands no. for. If you know what the definition of Judaism is and what it stands for, then yes, you're coming for well, it wait, because you're a pedophile. Wait a minute. Well, you just said they signed on with Catholics. But you just said they signed on with Catholics. So Catholics know what's going on. So we've got to round up all the Catholics too. They have infiltrated the Catholic Church, Joe, just like they've infiltrated the United States government, the banking system, Hollywood. They have infiltrated the Catholic Church. They cannot, okay. they will not, okay. they will not okay. get all the Okay, so we've got to round up all the Catholics too, you said. So we've got to get all the Catholics too. No, Is there anybody left on earth that we're not going to round up? You're being a fucking smart ass. You're being a fucking no, smart No, I'm trying to. That's the only you know. thing you understand, Kate. That's the only thing you understand. You won't answer the question. Is, you're not going to talk over me, Joe. You're not going to talk over me. Yes, I, I will. Right yes, now. I will, because you're not listening. When you know what you're the not definition of Judaism is, and when you believe that's what you're going to go and you're going to talk about believing in, and you're going to tell your family you're a Judaism believer, then you're a sick fucker. And you're a problem. Well, because what their beliefs are, their basic beliefs, the Noahide laws that you're going to have to abide by when this country starts to fall, because the United States of America as a corporation has fallen under this concept. Okay. Now, when I mean, you I study Judaism and you know exactly what it means, you are it's unfucking believable that people don't understand this. But you yeah, can't man. tell me, oh, let's just go round them up. I'm not saying go round all the Catholics up. I'm saying may they've I, already infiltrated the Catholic Church now. If they I infiltrated ask, your house, would you say, hey, if they say, can we ask a question, Tabe? Can we ask a question? Can somebody ask a question, Tabe? Tabe, can somebody ask a question? Well, it just pisses me off because you act like I'm trying to say all the Catholics are bad because you just want to, you're trying to save face because you don't know what Judaism is. You don't know what the Noahide laws are. You don't even know what the fucking town it is. Tabe, now okay, you're telling okay. me what I know, so you're going to round me up too now. I know this is dangerous. That's a dangerous before. way of thinking. I've asked you before, and you do the same thing. Yeah, I now you have dangerous? your homework. I can't, I'm going to ask hey, you what your first word anyway. is. Hey, while you're sitting here listening to me talk, Google. Hey, while you're sitting here listening to me talk, Google what the first Noahide law is. Just do that. Hey, and, hey, I, and then just back hey. me, and I'll shut my mouth until you tell me. I'm done talking. Right, I, thank you, I yield. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I just have a question. Are we talking about... Biblical Judaism or extra biblical? Those who are practicing biblical Judaism or those who are extra biblical? The Talmud, the Targums, and those extra biblical writings, the followers of those. So there's a difference the between people. There's a difference between biblical Judaism and mm-hmm. and, and what and what an extra biblical. 
And obviously these people that we're talking about are extra biblical. They're outside of what, yeah. what, exactly. what the Bible says. See, there's a difference. You see, well, there's, there's three types of Judy, or, uh, proper Jews ways back in the day. There's a proper way of practicing Judaism, and then there's a way right. that's taught outside of it. And so, yep. what I'm saying yeah. is yep. that what, what you're talking about when you say, and, the, and we have to be careful because there, there's a biblical practice of Judaism which is which doesn't deal with pedophilia and doesn't deal with that. But the extra biblical, those are the people that we're talking about. Basically, and, and that's we, all that survived all this time since the Hebrew language has been lost, what, 700 years? Yeah, and brother, I'm not disagreeing with you. And, and well, I understand how, yeah. And I understand how passionate we are about this and how passionate you are. And I respect you for it. And, and I don't disrespect you, but I'm just, but my curiosity as a, as a theology uh, 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 scholar, I'm, I'm, I'm a student. That's what the word scholar means, student. And, right. and, and that's what I wanted to know is, is are we, you know, were we saying that those who were practicing biblical Judaism is well, different from those who are practicing, you know, the pedophilia and all that craziness. That was okay. We know that now. Yes, there's separation of them. Yes. So how well, do we I identify that? I, I like to, I like to, I like to interject <clears throat> as I, as I listen to the exchange between the host and the callers. This is why I call in Joe because what I see by listening to Blog Talk Radio and the various shows is there's a lot of confusion and hate-filled right. anger out on the landscape. And right, right. I, 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 I hear uh, castigating Jews and all that. That's not where we should be going. And exactly. It's so bad. It's so bad that there are people – and let me tell you about child trafficking and pedophilia. That exists not – among only a particular religious group or anything. It's right in our neighborhoods. It's in these mm-hmm. towns in Alabama, Illinois, mm-hmm. Missouri, Indiana. It's in the pulpit of the First Baptist Church. So let us stop right. uh, create scapegoating people. See, I'm very sensitive to the scapegoating because coming from an oppressed minority, I belong to a group that's been scapegoated. That's dangerous when you do that. See, so now, if you knew of, history, if you knew the history of these people, they have done exactly what you're talking about to have you think the way you're thinking towards me, the white guy, because that's the wedge that they've driven. They are the founders of all the problems to do who's this. They? Who's that they? Is the, yeah, these who's are the people, they? These are the extra biblical, the extra biblical ones that spat in the face of Jesus, decided then the route they were going to take. The bad, the bad Jews, because there were three different groups of Jews. Well, back you, have, you have you have people who are part of what we call the global elite, the deep state, belong to Christianity, they belong to Judaism. Yeah. So I, you know, I don't see uh, castigating a religion and putting all the ills of society on it. That's not even real. It's not even a, a practical approach. If you, exactly. So if you looked, if you saw three things that they did, they said it was okay with children. If you saw in writing what their beliefs are, that it's okay to sodomize a young man up until the age of eight years old. If you saw that it's okay to have sex or rape a young girl to the age of three because of her hymen will heal. And if you don't believe in their God, Lucifer, the light bearer, you are to be beheaded. 
Let me tell you something. Now, those right I'm just saying, here, I'm not trying to depict sir, these all bad people. But those people that believe in that shit, they got no place on this planet as far as I'm sir, concerned. Sir, I can take you to a little Texas town and a guy named Bubba, and he's molesting his little yeah. stepdaughter in the house. That's fine. That's great. But does he, does okay, he, he's does not he project he's does not he believe Jewish? in that as a religion? Is that okay for but him he's to not do Jewish. that? He's not Jewish. But he's not Jewish. I, I not, okay. For the record, Joe. Joe, Joe, for, Joe, Joe for the, the record. Joe, for the record. Yeah. Bro, yeah. Look, for the record, Joe, Brother Warren, host of New Orleans Wake Up, denounced all forms of prejudice, religious, ethnic, racial, and national. I, I distance myself from these comments being made here. I agree. Well, that's 100%. fine, too, because I'm the same way. Because anybody that believes in that garbage, they should be excluded and everything else. Because... But we're not, not believing in that out. garbage cave. Jews. That's what we're trying to get to the bottom I'm not of. You're condemning one group I'm not of people. Saying, hey, I'm an Indian. I'm Cherokee Indian. So if the Cherokee Indians believe in scalping the uh, Blackfoot, hey, that's what it is. But we knowingly have. Dave, Dave, we're not disagreeing with you, but we're saying that you're condemning one religion. You're saying Judaism. No, I'm not. How are we going to go out? No, I'm not what, condemning how are we the go... religion. You know, doctor, the, the doctor just clarified I'm not, I'm not doing that because Judaism you have both sides of it. You have the biblical and you have the extra biblical. Okay, then. How the people, do we get rid of the people that you're talking about then? How do we get rid of evil? How, we can't go after just people who are pra- practicing that particular sector of Judaism because then you've got like uh, oh, Brother Warren just said. You've got a guy in Texas that's watching a child. I'm get rid you, of wanted, you want that answer, Joe? You'll have to look up the history books and see how 109 other countries did it before it got to this 110th one here. You got to be careful because, you know, the Baptists suffered the same thing. The Roman Catholics said yes. that, it, that it's okay to have infant baptism. Well, I'm all and, and hold on. And the Baptists said, no, that the scriptures say that it's by submersion. And over 50 million mm-hmm. Baptists were murdered and killed yes. by the Roman Catholic Church. And, and, and right. because of that. And so we have to be careful. But what he's saying is, and you have to listen to what Dave's saying. What he's saying is correct. He's saying that there are people who have taken the scriptures and have perverted them and are living a perverted life outside of the word of God. And these are the people that are trying to destroy the world. I No, I and disagree. I don't think those are the only people that are trying to dis- destroy the world. Not, There's many different not, groups of people that are a part of the elite. Well, they're all together. They all trust me. They meet in the, the was it the WEF or whatever the WHO, your CDC. You know they, they, they're all over, Joe. I'm not just saying it's a group. You think when you say this gets so centralized, you think it's one. If you when you think of this stuff that I'm talking, you think of the word Jew. You think of one group of people. You have your sideburns and stuff. That's not what I'm saying. The people that are. But that's doing what it sounds like, Dave. But that's what, what it so sounds widespread. like. No, I understand, but that's what I'm trying to say. It's so widespread because they have involved themselves in such a uh, – I don't even know how to say it a, – a large open area. I mean it's involved all kinds of people that once – it's almost like okay. they're Okay, all right then. All kind, okay, and, but you don't have a solution yeah. then to fight the elite that are doing this. Well, none of us well, have a don't. solution. So, no. so what is we, – we don't have a solution, so we need to pray for a solution. That's what we need. And the only yeah. thing that they yeah. haven't yeah. moved on us – they haven't moved on all of us in America with the, the swiftness like they have everywhere. It's because of our guns. You know, I That's heard the only thing. All right. I heard the conversation. That's the way I think. I mean, if, 
It's where they said the Muslims, you know, enslaved and, you know, the Battle of Tours. What did God do? He raised up Charles Martel. And Charles Martel was a Christian. He's known as the Hammer. And Charles, at the Battle of Tours, he ran the, he ran the Muslims all the way back to Africa. When he came out in the morning to fight them after a battle of a, a evening, a day battle, they battled all day. They went back to their camps in the morning. Charles Martel, a Christian, went back. And you know what they found? They found those people were gone. Yeah, so we can't so just God say what we're going to round them up and pull them by the hair. I mean, and, and well, that's dangerous, man. Because you're going to well, take innocent, saying. you're going to attack innocent people but Joe, that don't know but what Joe, you know. But Joe, yes. this is what this so-called conservative movement has bred. It has it has nurtured all of these hateful attitudes and made it feel no. old to come out. Now no, you guys that's got a not fire true, burning. That's not true. There's a fire burning among you guys, and you can't control it. That's why January no. 6th. You, you've, you've been brainwashed to think that it's all our fault. That we're the ones it that is. You, it is. You, all, you. You all feed all When the state you are talking about are the ones that own the boats that brought you over here. Ninety percent of Louisiana, how many right, people right, were Jewish right. that owned plantations? Look that up. No, that, that, that's not true. That's not true. That's oh, not well, true. you better look it up because I'm going to tell you if you know about Louisiana, that, 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 you're wrong. True. Your French Quarter, you know what? We've never not been under the crown rule. These same people, these Rothschilds, these Kazarians, all of them. They're all in it together, and they did it from back then. They took the people from Africa. White guys didn't go over there. White people didn't go and enslave people in Africa. They sold themselves in warring tribes to start with, and then they realized they could make money because the people that I'm talking about, these Khazarians, got it in their minds. We can we can trade them. We can we can use these. So you're people. telling me we can take them you're back. telling me that this evil you, what, took When's the last time you saw a fucking person that did believes in this Talmud shit pick up a fucking shovel or a broom and do some hard yeah, work this, and labor, this, this. do some build some houses, right, right, do something right. working the right. Hang on, Joe, I'm, out, I'm, 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 I'm Joe, I'm offended. I, I think this guy needs to be muted. Time out. Time out. Joe, this guy should be muted because he could be an you FBI agent trying to bring you down, Joe. Shut the fuck up and go to China. That's what you ought to do. All right, Shut all right, up and go all right. To China, guys, 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 guys. We're not going to get anywhere like this. We're not going to get anywhere. Prick. Okay, I'm okay. offended by this guy. I'm offended. Dave, how are you now? How, Dave, how are we supposed to conduct ourselves doing that now? Come on. I don't know I mean, because I'm so pissed ridiculous. off and mad. I'm tired of hearing about all the shit that how I'm the reparations this, do this, do that. You know what? If you want reparations, go get them from China. Take your ass over there and get. You know, if it's so bad here in America, pack your shit and leave. Because I'm going to stand here and fight for what my father and my, <laughs> my why, countrymen died for. That's why I'm so hard, like hard on conservatives, Joe. That's why I'm hard on conservatives and that kind of shit. You don't ever but say something like that in front of me about somebody not having military experience. Tape, you have a tape, serious tape, situation. Tape. Tave, you're proving his point, Tave. You're proving his point. You see why I'm so hard on conservatism? It's full of hate. It's full of extreme hate. Yeah, right. Right. And that's what it promotes. It promotes hate. Hey, Farrakhan, keep it up, Farrakhan. You're leading your people. You're leading your people right down the drain. The CDD disease. All right, all right, Tave, 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 Tave. Come on, man. Come on, come on. You're going to say something you regret, so stop, please. 
No, I'm not going to say anything I I regret because I know exactly what I'm talking about, and I've been saying it to the same people, doing the same thing for the same amount of time, and it's the same situation. There's always one or two that come in, chime off, because they won't be put in their place. It's like the same people that are put in office, and they do the things they're doing to run this country, they need put in their place. Who's not going to tell me how bad America is? Lashing out with anger. Lashing out with anger, though, is not going to solve the problem. He he, 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 he sounds like somebody... That was at the January 6th like ride. Hitler, was I. I sound like Adolf Hitler. Say it, you coward. Say it, you coward. You sound like somebody that was at the Capitol riot. That's what it sounds like. Yeah, that's like yeah, you got yeah. See, that's where you're so stupid. That's where you're stupid. That's where you're absolutely, you have no knowledge of anything at all because what that was is a farce. That's your people. Yo, you're going to let that guy call bullshit. me stupid, Joe? You're going to let him call your friend stupid, Joe? Hang on, Warren. Warren, don't yeah. try to instigate your to, to, to argue with somebody because that's not going to work you, either. You, you, side with you can defend yourself, Warren. G-G-P. You know that. Hey, don't get yourself well. I'm standing up for what's right. Tave, time out. All right? I've already said, we're not going to get anywhere threatening each other, arguing with each other, and yelling at each other. I'm not threatening nobody. I That's promise gonna... to people. That's how it's got to be. Oh, if you want okay, to be part of the okay. solution, you can be part we, of the solution. We, you can't we need the ladies in here. We, we, need, we need the ladies in here. We need Lori and Sally in here. That's what we need in here. Right. We need to hear the ladies' That's right. voice. Absolutely, we do. But, I'm not afraid to say what's the back. truth. Man, McKay, you but don't you want see to address the problem? I, everybody wants to talk about a solution? You call it out. Until you do that, you can sit around and talk about all the bullshit you want, and you can blame. But you can't blame, call out a solution people. that way. Yelling, yelling at the yeah. top of our lungs at somebody and insulting them. You can't, you can't them. get a solution. You can't find a solution until you name the problem. Period. We're trying to name the problem, Tave, but you're yelling I at have. Brother Warren here, calling him names because he's challenging you on he a debate to, and a discussion. If he doesn't want to listen to it, then he don't have to listen to it. If he doesn't want to be part of the, the, the solution, then he can go to China. He can be segregated like he wants. He wants to have his, his, his little uh, couple states and go do what they want. That's fine. Go ahead. I don't have a problem with that. I have a problem with We've people who the lane statements. where I believe in, don't mess with kids, and you, you believe in you stand up for your country and your fellow citizen. You Brother do Warren right. doesn't mess with kids. Brother Warren doesn't mess with kids. I didn't I'm say sure he did. I'm just saying if, if that's how he felt, then that's fine. But you're not going to tell me I'm bad, owe you reparations, or any of that bullshit because I've never done anything to you, and I would stand up and fight for you because you are an American. He never Until said that you had to pay him reparations like either. He's denounced he's never America. Said He's never said for you to pay him reparations either. Okay. I'm waiting for, America. I'm waiting for Sally and Lori to come defend me. Sally and Lori, yeah, did you come, come on you. and defend yeah. me from this guy? Come defend the CCP. The hate and anger oh, is I, not going to get anywhere. I, I admire the Chinese Communist Party. I don't hide that. I don't hide that. I hate everybody equally. How does that sound? You, can you figure that one out? Is that too much? Well, I hate well, everybody well, that, equally. That, well, you don't discriminate then. That's that's good. That's right. I don't. I don't. <laughs> and I got it. Uh, gee, if I, he wants Lori and Sandy or whoever to, to defend him, I'll bring on 10 black guys and we'll defend me and say the same thing. Any, listen, we don't hate any human I'm being out there. I'm saying conversation. I don't hate any human being. I don't, like I don't. Sarge calls him out perfect because Sarge knows his bullshit. And then when he sits and talks about Sarge not being in the military, and then for him to say that, Joe, you've even said when he wasn't on the show, 
that that's about the most despicable thing you can say to someone in this country. Because you know what? The only reason you can do what you're doing now to talk like you're talking is because of people like Sarge and my father. And my well, so, I, well, I think I think you should let that individual speak for you should let that individual speak for himself, whoever that individual is you're referring he to. He has. He has. And you've spoken for yourself. Loud and clear, Mr. China, Mr. Warren China, that's your new nickname. China. Hey China. <laughs> it's like Trump says. China. Hey China. Yeah. China. I, I don't I don't I, that, that's, that's a compliment. That's a compliment to me. Now you got it. War in China. War in China. Well, that's your new name, man. War in China. <laughs> We're going to have war in China. Well, why don't you say China the way the Chinese? Why don't you say China the way the Chinese people refer to their country? They don't say China. Well, they're scared no, you know, to death. Why don't you want to tell me about China? Because I studied I studied Chinese kung fu almost twenty years. So why don't you well, tell well, me well, about what China? Do call Mr. Warren? What do the Chinese call their country then? Why don't you huh? tell me, Mr. Warren? How much you know Wong about Joe, China? Because Wong you want to have a stir pot argument and just stir up this Wong kind of Joe. shit. Because that's what you do. They're, well, they're this is Independence Day in America. This is Independence Day in America. There we go. They we got refer to this country as Wangzhou, which means Middle Kingdom. That's how they refer to it. They don't say the word China. No, they don't say the word China. Because you, you they do, Chinese. Chinese, they do not they refer, China. They do not yeah, refer really, to their country really as China care. and Chinese. I don't care. If that's what we're going to kill each other over. Chinese what how, what, China, what China calls Chinese China, government. then that's not going to be, you know, uh, I'm sure you, we're government. not going to gather too many people to the battlefield. The Chinese, Chinese government, government invests in its people. Okay. Right. I know. Ask the Uyghurs about that, how they feel about that. They invest in their people. They build sweatshops. They put more concrete down anywhere in the world. They care so much about this planet that they, they polluted the air so bad that you can't even – it's like if you didn't smoke, you go over there and you have black lung in a month. But you know what? Man. You know China. You know China. How many times have you been there? Me three. I'm planning, you I'm planning to take a trip there. Hopefully I'll exactly. go next year. Yeah. I'm planning to go next year because it's just opened up. He just opened up. He's a, he wants to argue. He's, a, he's here to put a, sl- a splinter and cause trouble. I'm done talking to him. I'm done. I yield. If he speaks, I don't even want to hear it. Talk about people. Joe, talk, this is why, this is why I'm so hard. This is why I'm so hard on the conservative movement, Joe, because the conservative movement has run a throughout America. It promotes conservative. It promotes division. It promotes conspiracy theories. It targets certain groups. And this is why I'm hard on the conservative movement. Right. That's not That's where the right. conservative. But you're is. not promoting. You're not promoting a conservative movement. You're promoting the Chinese government. Fucking piece of shit. I'm starting to wonder. I'm looking for solutions that we can all agree upon to fix the corruption here in America. There ain't no solutions for people America. like that because what were you going to get? What do you want? You're the guy who didn't want to be in America. What the, what the hell does he care for? Why is he even talking about it? Go to China. Go over there and talk about how bad we are over here. Go over there. I've yeah. been there three so times. I know what it's like. So Joe, I, I really like they been offended. They don't I really been offended tonight in, in your, in your that, on your it's show. A, it's a wind up bullshit well. toy, like Sarge said. Sarge, Sarge called you out from day one. I didn't say a word till last week, and last week you actually had some good points. But when you start denouncing the fact that someone in the military served, I, I don't care what you say. That's bullshit. There are a lot of young man. There are a lot of phonies <laughs> out here in the world. That's young something you're gonna learn. I'm fifty. Young man, a lot of phones out here in the world. Shall we redo the closing thoughts tonight? 
Yeah, <laughs> so, I don't have any closing thoughts. My, I, I have a closing thought. I'll go first, Joe, like we always do. If you don't like America, get the fuck out of here, period. There's people that die for this okay. country, that will die for this country, and believe in a true, true unity as an American person. If you're born in this country, you're born on this soil, you should, you should fight for this country, everything about it. Not the past. Well, hey, fight for hey the people today. that did fight for this you country, they fought for Brother Warren's right to free speech also. They did fight That's for his fine. right to free but you speech can't also. Take back, you can't blame me for yesterday because yesterday's gone. I didn't have anything to do with the past. If you don't get up today and try to make yourself better than you were yesterday, you're not going to be any better tomorrow. That's that's all there is to it. And for people to keep on dragging this out. I think we need to find out, God in this country. We need to find the God in this country and have him heal this country. We need to find God. We need God to come down ways. here and visit us. We need Jesus with a, oh, a sword or a tongue to divide. Not to come down here and talk. Like he said, he's coming down here to divide and conquer. The bullshit. But he's going to divide to the good from this. the bad, though. He's not going to divide by the race. Exactly he's what I'm saying. He's going to put the Jews in one evil. And this has never been a white and black thing. It's, let me put that on record with Brother Warren, Mr. China. This hasn't been a, a thing with race with me and him. I'm about good and bad, period, not white and black. Never have been. Because guess what? Okay. Maybe I have a black parent. Okay. All right. There we okay. go. That's, now I'll right. wrap that up and I'm done. Well, that's it. They just cut us off, guys. They just cut off the show. I'm surprised you guys are still on the line. Good night, everybody. I don't think anybody can hear me. I, can I think they you. just cut us off. I can still hear you. Did you? We're they still did. Alive. I got nothing on the screen. I got no chat room. They we're on the phone then talking. That's about it. The show is off, guys. So it's off. We're connected on the phone. I don't know how. The show is off. I assure you that. It's off. Matter of fact, I got ten minutes. I got eight seconds left, guys. They're gonna cut, cut us off, guys. Thanks for calling in. Sorry. Uh, that, uh, God bless our republic.